Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Total 90 Premier League Podcast. This is your favorite time of the week. This is my favorite time of the week. And today we're coming at you for the first time on a Tuesday, which will be now a weekly thing. Today we're going to be talking all about the Premier League action, the transfers that have just come through, and all our week two predictions. And today I am joined by a very upset Liverpool supporter, Mickey Kennedy. How are we doing today? Oh, fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just like one of those things that, you know, People will always tell you that if you don't do anything to something, it's still going to be a problem come the next season. And guess what's happened once Liverpool have done nothing to their defence? Yeah, well, you know, I've waited 12 weeks, you know, since the start at the end of last season coming through. Um, I don't know why I I showed a bit of optimism in our defence. So I thought (laughs) when you don't actually improve a defence that was a shambles at times during last season and then thought somehow this week that we'd actually be okay at the back. And the very first corner we concede, we concede the first goal. So that's when my heart sank and I realised we are in a lot of trouble. And um, it didn't get much better from that, Nick. Uh, we actually we were lucky to get ahead, but we find ourselves uh, leaving two points in Watford, which we... I thought we owned, but obviously we don't. <laughs> well, that's it. Like you know, there are worse things you could be right now. Could be Chelsea, definitely. Exactly. And that's literally, I tell you, that is the only thing that got me through this week because you <laughs> saw me on Saturday night, and I was I was pretty much beside myself. Um, I went through, I think, three stages of grief, similar to losing a loved one. I think at one stage, I think. Yep. And um, only thirty-seven games to go. Well, that's it. I, you know, we'll we'll get, we'll get to Liverpool later. I think that Burnley yeah. Chelsea is probably Please, the best can way we to get start to it later. I yeah. needed this a break. <laughs> well, Burnley coming out three two victors away from home against Chelsea. Um, two red cards throughout the match. A three 0 lead at half time. There's a lot to talk about with this game. Like, how shocking is this coming out from the champions just blowing a first game? Well, they really did a number on them in the first half. Really, the game was pretty much over at halftime. Uh, I thought Chelsea did well to get to at least two, you know, the two red cards, uh, Gary Cahill and Fabregas, I'm pretty yes. sure. Fabregas, a bit of frustration, I think, by yeah. his actions. The Cahill one, um, look, it was unlucky. I, like, it, it was there, it studs up, you can't be doing that. It was a dangerous tackle. It was early in the game. It was a bit of like, you could argue it was like first game rust kind of thing. Yeah. Um, ref didn't have any of it. It was about 14 minutes in and um, red card straight away. Fabregas was the second yellow. Um, this is, you know, Fabregas is somebody who's a fantastic player, but he loses his head. And when he does, he makes really, really stupid decisions. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it pretty much sums up how Chelsea are going as a club at the moment. I think it's just very frustrating. Um, Bashar started. We, we discussed yes. that, you know, where would Morata sit in this one? Um, he found himself on the bench. Um, unfortunately, by the time he come on, the game was over. Uh, a couple of goals, uh, goals from Sam Vokes and uh, one from Stephen Ward in between them two. Yes. And you have to let's just get one thing straight. We've got to applaud uh, Burnley's efforts in the first in that first half, especially over the game to hold on for the win. That's a great start for them that we pretty much uh, rid off at the start of the, uh, last week. I think as early as or well, as early as Friday. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like we um we did our predictions and I'm literally looking at my table now and I want to change about ten of the spots and that's yeah. the best part yeah. about the Premier League, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's great. And, um, you know, I'm happily surprised about that result. Um, we did mention the importance of Murata getting off to a good start. Yes. I think he's actually done that. Yes. Um, he scores. He was a definitely an impact player. And an assist. And an assist. So the monkey's off, off his back for that. Obviously, and you know what, too? Like that first game, it, it could have been so many instances where he would have been the fall 
on boy, like you know, yes, yeah, yeah, the, the point, someone to point the finger at. Yeah, um, you know, he wasn't even a part of any of that that first half. So, I guess he's almost looked at it as a as a shining light coming out of that game. So I'll, I'll look to him to start next game. I don't know what what you think. I think you he'll definitely start up front. I think you have to, don't you? Like it's, you look at this side and. I tell you what, I looked at the bench coming into what, this game. They, could they fill a bench? It was it was so like there was just so many no names compared to what Chelsea are used to. Yeah. Um. You know they do have players coming back, but it's just you know Hazard's still about a month away. It's you know this is a big loss. I think that Costa's off. You know eating porky pies over in Brazil at <laughs> in the Brazil, moment. Brazil, yeah. Do they so, eat porky pies in Brazil? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> What's porky pie mean? <laughs> um. So we'll go on. <laughs> but it's just. What a shock to start it out. I feel like this is one of those games. Do you think that, like, in terms of damage control, like, what do Chelsea have to do now? Do, how much does this hurt their title hopes? Well, let's just, let's just remember at a stage, probably uh, this time exactly last year almost, <clears throat> where we were talking about the same thing, that Chelsea were in real trouble. Yes. Uh, Conte had a formation that was not working at all, and he was able to change it up make it work and they went on to win the title so yes i can't stress enough that we should keep that in mind i feel i can't help but feel this is a little bit different this time i feel like there's so much stuff going on around that football club at the moment that the results are going to speak for what's going on um you know i don't know who was well, i heard i know roman abramovich is going through a divorce at the moment i don't yeah. i don't know if that makes any the situation any different definitely doesn't make it any better um it's a horrible time yeah. as well to be facing uh, Spurs coming up this week. You know, at Wembley, they're going to have no Cahill, no Fabregas, no Hazard, no Costa. Big plays and no Kante, no Kante, no, no Matic. You know, this is there's a lot of players right now yeah. who are going to be out. Um, it's just like it seems like everything's piling on. It does seem like at the moment it's you know, something a bit toxic about this club. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, you look at players like. Uh, Chalabar and uh, Aki that they've let go the young kids that let go that would be feeling in these spots at the moment and probably doing a job um, you know as for every problem that it's they've they've got at this football club I feel like half of them are just ones that they've just shot themselves in the foot with kind of, I, I, yes. just, I, don't, I don't know what you think but I think that's the kind of feel yeah, it that, does. It does seem yeah. like there's some kind of relationship breakdown with, between players and managers, and just players and personnel. Yeah, yeah. It's I, like as much as I did enjoy seeing all the Chelsea fans, you know, crying halfway through the first <laughs> half. Like that was that was very. I thought they left by then. Well, that's it. Like yeah, they they did mount a good comeback, and it did it did make for a very entertaining last 15 minutes because it was real pressing. Um, hats off to Burnley. A lot of teams would have crumbled like really badly. I know that yeah. a lot of teams in the league right now would have crumbled. So for a team that I wrote as I think nineteenth for the league for the season, yeah, it's a, it's a big effort. But you know, it kind of goes back to and you know, uh, Bakayoko doesn't play. He's not fit to not play yet. yet. Um, the player that, that basically sold off for him is Matic, and yeah, you know, it just seemed like this is one of those games that he could have been an impact player in. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, I don't know who's who's controlling the sales up at Chelsea, but, you know, for someone like Matic, who was a key part in their title, the title um, challenge last year, or the title victory in the end. Yes. Um, just to sell him off the very next year. And not only just sell him off, they sold him to a direct rival who mm. are literally savouring every moment with him. He has literally turned Man United into an absolute force this year. And you, and you saw the game yourself, Nick. 
Um, I've seen a little bit of it here and there, and they look like a different team. They look like the Man United when Sir Alex Ferguson was managing. They, this is um, like I know it's one week, and I understand it's week one. I got to take all, you know, it's hard to um, it's hard not to get caught up sometimes. You okay. feel like a, I feel like football's a week to week thing where you live on the on the higher, the low of the week, and it. <laughs> It will take you to the Saturday. Exactly. And then it's all over again, but this game impressive. We'll move on to Man, Man United, yeah. West Ham. Um, this was men against boys, in all honesty. And I, I know, like, you know, last week I was giving it to West Ham, saying that they wouldn't finish as high as what everybody was saying. This game, and this was a very, very tough game to get first up. Um, all their new players coming in. It didn't suit too well. Man United seemed so big. Like, they were so tall, well, you, this yeah, midfield. You got, well, you got Lukaku, you got Pogba, you got um, Matic. You know, he managed 6-2. Yeah, he's huge. Kaku's probably the same, and so is Pogba. You, you just look at that middle, and you think that the Giants almost, that they've got at that football club at the moment. Well, it's just like, and you see um, the you know the benefits of buying within the Premier League that the Lukaku managed to come straight in the side and just dominate. And they, yeah. they were probably the two best players in the park. Pogba was fantastic. Like, it was probably the, one of the best games I've seen him play since he's come over to the Premier League. Uh Mkhitaryan, Rashford was great. And Rashford looks like he's in for a big season. Yeah. He, had, he had one shot that reminded me a lot like uh, Harry Kane's shot against Arsenal last season, except he's hit the post, unfortunately. And it was just like, you saw that, and just like, this kid's got, like, you know, yeah. we all know. And and that three ball to Lukaku as well was just absolute yep. class. Just that little just that little touch. And it literally, for the left foot of Lukaku, literally set him up for the goal. And that's where you can see in Rashford and, you know, you see the, those guys and Martial playing around them as well. You know, it's almost like uh, Marino's found a way where all of them can stay happy and they, they're getting game time and they're getting a time on the pitch. You know, look at these guys like Mkhitaryan. Now. He was fantastic, I heard, on the weekend. Yeah, he was. Um, and if you can get all these guys on the pitch, you know, even like they've got Champions League football this year, don't forget too. So, you know, these guys can all blossom under Mourinho this well, year. Well, Martial came on about 15 minutes to go, had scored a goal, scored a goal. got an assist. Yeah. Like, you know, in, like, that's the best kind of player you could have. I don't know, like, Martial seems like a player who wants to start. I know, like, you know, it just, yeah. and he was, like, at times there were, like, when he came on the pitch, he doesn't look too happy. I know people aren't ever happy really coming off the he, bench. He does, he is a professional having that, that blank face. I don't he know. is, yeah. He literally, I don't think I've ever seen him pull an expression. Probably more, more I've seen Kanye West pull more expressions than him, to be honest. <laughs> well, when you, like, like, you know, um, they got Fellaini came on. Fellaini was good. Lingard came on. Very good. Herrera was on the bench. Um, Smalling was on the bench. Damian's on the bench. Like, they've got backups for just about every position at yep. the moment. You know, obviously injuries are going to come in. They've got Lindelof coming coming through. He's not hasn't even, you know, seen the pitch at the moment. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm getting overexcited for Man United or maybe <sighs> West Ham were just so poor. This was, you know, I, I felt really bad for Chikorito coming in for his first game and really getting... Zero supply. Yeah, and Naldovich was poor. Um, Zabaleta, I think, was probably their best player. Yeah, best player, yeah. Yeah, um, Hart, you know, there was only so much Hart could do. I think he could have done a little bit better on the Pogba strike, in all honesty, but that's about oh, it. I don't know. Maybe that, a bit tough. Maybe I'm that, being harsh. That's a bit tough. I did dip on him a bit and bounce just in that real awkward kind yeah. of area. I'll probably disagree on that one personally. Yeah, it's just... Um, but, you know... The fact that he got into that space in the first place it looked a little easier how he just ran in there. And it was in that, that shot. It showed it showed a bit of um, signs of a team about halfway through the season, pretty much giving it up. Mm. And I, obviously, it's week one; they'll they'll bounce back. West Ham are a, a quality team, even though they just weren't quality this game. But you know, it, it was you know, you were talking about last week about sending a message, like Man City would send a message by smashing Brighton, which they didn't do in the end. 
This is many, the message that we received. Yeah, this, this is yeah, this is the one great. out of any performance. This is by far the best, and like you know, and, Lukaku. And it was to a, and it was a def, like pretty much demolition of a team that most people thought that were pretty. They're going to be pretty impressive this year. Unf- it's it's going to be hard to test West Ham on this week. I wonder how they're going to react to that as well because they did see themselves as a competitive team, probably against all teams this year. Um, and to go out against United and get absolutely humbled. Um, hopefully, there's not too much of a dint in their confidence. You know, that they probably would have rathered any team but United to start off with. And yeah. hopefully for West Ham, it's the best is yet to come because I made a bet with you for them. So I generally hope that they get up. That's pretty much the only well, reason, otherwise I don't care. Something, yeah, something that um, I didn't touch on last week was that um, I am very, I'm very questionable on Billich, Stephen Billich. Yep. I think that he... You know, you watch this game and there were so many things that you could have done and that it just, like, the control of the game was with United 70 minutes of the game, easily. Yeah. Easily. And, you know, West Ham never really felt like, until probably the last few minutes of the first half, that was the only time that they felt like they were in any sort of control. It was just, you know, I feel like Billy should have done a few different things, maybe move, move the system around at half time, and it just kind of came out and it was just same old, same old. And it was... Yeah, it's, it's a bit worrying. I understand why West Ham fans have been kind of getting on Billich's back at certain times throughout last season. And I've, I've got, you know, put faith in him to, you know, turn it around because, you know, you can't be signed to a team like West Ham without being half decent. Yeah. But it is, you know, it's a little bit worrying first week. You know, they're going to, they're, uh, they're coming up against well, we'll Southampton. Yeah, well, that's going to be a huge game from this week, you know, because then they'll really find out whether they're pretenders or not. You know, they should put away Southampton. I can't see anyone Ooh. in their team really, you know, oh, you know, as we said, like what we sh- what should happen and what does happen, obviously, in the Premier League is two <laughs> completely different things as we've found out in just one week. Um, what do you think of the Liverpool-Watford game coming up? I'm going to ask you first before I go on. Uh, so we watched, we watched this together. Um the main things that I took out of that game was Watford, like I thought, had a control of a, a, At the start, a significant portion of the I game. Think the exact the first half an hour, I felt like we didn't Liverpool didn't even get in their half, the the attacking half. Um, it was two one and a half time, correct? Yes, and I thought that was probably the right result. I thought that was about right considering Watford. I thought had the better of it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that Liverpool had a few players that you know. <clears throat> Played a bit iffy. I think the Salah had a. I thought very, Salah was very poor the first half. Yeah, first half he was so quiet. Worked his way so into was it. Firmino as well. And yeah, Firmino didn't do much at all. I thought Mane was great. Yeah, yeah his Mane goal. Was good, yeah. His goal was fantastic. Yeah. Like that whole it was FIFA style, as you said. On Exa- it was. Yeah, the finish just, was. Yeah, just curl around the goalkeeper as cool as you like, and that you know that that's just such a, the frustrating thing as as me as a Liverpool supporter is to watch Liverpool. You know, pretty much tic tac through you know defenses one two and make it look so easy and like a game of FIFA, mm. and it literally, you know, we've got that at one end where we can just literally tear teams apart with pace and skill and and just knowledge for where each other are. Yeah, and then something as simple as a corner that, you know, we've we've got this zone defending at the moment, but it's like all they have to do is run into a certain little area. And it's like no one wants to, you know. The thing I noticed the most on the weekend is Firmino just had his. It looked like he had concrete in his boots at one stage in that yeah. first goal. Yeah, he did. And he was. Uh, he didn't want anything to do with it, did he? And when the ball goes in, all I see is four Liverpool players with their hands up. Like yeah, that was me. that was me. Well, yeah. me. Well, if it isn't you and it isn't the guy next to you and it isn't the guy next to you, then who is it? Because someone's actually going to stand up in that defence 
and take either the goalkeeper, which, you know, that was pretty close to the goalkeeper. Mini Lake, I reckon, might have had a chance to go out and um, grab it. But yeah, that, looking back at that, I think that, um, you know, it was a split-second decision that yeah. maybe he got wrong. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, you know, and that, that's, that's all got to do with us falling for our same tricks. And, you know, the... I don't know about you, but didn't the Van Dyke transfer look so much more important <laughs> after that game? I, I remember seeing it. somebody in the on the Liverpool Facebook saying, "Can we sign, sign Van Dyke at half time so we could um, yeah. get that deal done?" It was, you know, it's the thing is about Liverpool was it wasn't the goals you were conceding; it was the type of goals you were conceding. They were really scrappy, scrappy yeah, scrappy yeah, goals. Poor that, you defending. Know, good teams will be able to clear, and good teams will make better decisions. I just good teams that, wouldn't even let it get to that situation exactly, where a yeah. goal chance would happen. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah. As I said, it, it's really just new season. Same old Liverpool. You know, absolutely devastating in attack, absolutely um, pathetic in defence, and it's really starting to get as a, as a supporter. It's really starting to get on my nerves. That why hasn't this been solved? Um, you know, we're, we're living in a transfer where teams are ruthless these days. I know we stood on Southampton's foot a little bit at the start. We were poor apologies and backed up. But if we really want the player, we just get him. Because yeah, just put throw 60, throw 70. I don't care. Because what's happening every week, we've got teams like Watford, who I didn't really think had any great attacks. Um, so, you know, literally two, two or three corners in the game. And I don't want to be sitting there every Saturday with my heart in my sleeve every time we, we're defending a corner. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. even... It is an attacking position, but it's not the end of the world in terms of, um, you know, trying to keep it out as a defence. So every time at the moment, until we sort out that defence, even get a new goalkeeper, honestly, I can't see us going anywhere. And the way we are at the moment, where we're letting in three goals to bloody Watford, imagine how much we're going to let into a bloody... A Chelsea, or not so much a Chelsea at the moment, but United. a City or a United. Imagine United, you know. They Imagine went, Matic, they went to town. Pogba, Lukaku, all in that box, all big bodies, all wanting to head. You know, it's scary thought. Well, so they've got to sort it out quickly before we, so, we find ourselves low down the table. Well, that kind of leads me to a question. Like, what do you think? Do you think Klopp's a bit naive and not trying to make these transfers done earlier? Considering, like, you look at this team and they obviously have problems at the back. They've never... That's always been their flaw. And for Klopp not to actually, you know, rectify that before the season starts, do you think he's just kind of putting too much confidence in the team or do you think he's overrating them? I'd like to know whether it's more Klopp or is it more FSG? Yes, yes, yeah. You know what I mean? I like... I don't know how much Klopp's pushing Fenway Sports Group or Fenway Sports Group is, you know, I have this feeling now that, you know, they talk about wanting to make this club great and they're, they're very interested in, in investing money. But the more it gets on and the more that comes along, we, I find myself questioning that even more. Are they really invested in Liverpool or are they just here to make a dollar? Um you know, we've made one really key signing, Salah, and I wouldn't have said that he was a world beater when we signed him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. If you look at the, you know, if you look at the difference in signings um, for them, the other big teams from City, you know, their world-class defence. You've got United's world-class attack when the, with Maddich as a midfielder. Um, where does Salah compare to them? Not very high. And, and that's yeah. what makes me question now. Definitely now that we we clearly know that we need this defence and we clearly know the player that we, we've identified who's going to fit, like possibly fix it. I'm not saying Van Dijk's going to come in and all of a sudden we're not shipping in any goals at all. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's anyone with half a brain 
anyone with half a brain would know what we need and who we can get it and it's possible to get. So why haven't we... Like, I literally don't feel like we've gone anywhere. Yeah. I don't know about you. Like, we're literally well, in, going in circles. Okay, so just a couple more questions before we move on from Liverpool. Do you think the 3-3 score, score was warranted? And do you, like how much credit do you give to Watford? Well, I don't think it's... I don't... I'm biased, but I'm not biased. I actually generally, like, at the end of the day, if we didn't concede that corner last minute, we would have got three points, and I would have thought, yeah, all right, that's, we, we scraped through that one, but we probably deserved it. Yeah. Not in the first half an hour. If the game finished then, I would have thought, no, we deserve to lose. Um. Yeah, so that's how I feel. Okay, and then just lastly, what do you think of that last goal? Because, you know, there's, there was a bit of offside to it. I think that Mignolet really, like, he he honestly nearly tapped the ball in. Like you know, it wasn't going. It was it classic. W- it was classic shambles defending by Liverpool. It really was cla- like I literally when that when that corner come in right, and you watch me and we were sitting in the lounge room, and I literally stood up, and I just had this sick feeling in my stomach because I'm like, here we go again. And what do you know? Twenty seconds later, we score. They score an absolutely pathetic goal, which it really is. That's that's, that's championship it. kind of. Just booted in the net when everyone's in rushing in and trying to, and no talking, no, no dominant person in defence just cleared it when they had a chance. Well, there was they, it, they it, had the they had the guy head it to into yeah, one of our own players. Exactly, yeah. And so is that oh, is that is that clear defending? No, it's not clear defending because it should have if it come off that head bang, the guy should you know should Minule have done better? In I that think they all goal. should have done better. Yeah, including Minule. Yes. Yeah, because I think that that last goal. Unfortunately, when you look at the replays, it didn't even look like it was on target. It seemed like Mignolet actually basically bounced off him on target and then made it impossible for the uh, player to miss. At- yeah, and you know there was a touch of outside, but it never should have got to that that spot in the first place. I'm generally, as a supporter, as a massive fan, I'm genuinely worried about us at the moment, and I'm afraid it's only going to get worse. Definitely, if we don't sign a defender before the end of the window. Well, okay, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the probably the other team, other big team with a very average defence. Moving on to the opening clash of the, of the whole season, we're going to go Arsenal Leicester. This was an absolute cracking game. It was a great game. Um, you know, even with Arsenal letting in so many goals, they'd be happy with the result. I feel like they've got the same problems as Liverpool to a degree. Um, Kozniak, I think that's how he's pronouncing that. Yeah, some, yeah he I was fantastic. So. He, he just was. looks like a bull, doesn't he? And you know, you can see the Arsenal fans already getting behind him, and and they seem to love him already, and for good reason. He plays with a bit of heart. He, he bustles through there, and he, you know, he gives everything he got. Lacazette's header was absolutely class. Lacazette, um, you know, yeah, I watched the whole game. He's the main thing I noticed from Lacazette, his first touch is incredible. He, he really knows. He like you know everyone gives it for Lukaku for his poor first touch. Lacazette's got an amazing first touch. He was handing it off. He um, didn't have too many chances. He only had probably another one or two for the whole game. But he was ever present, and they were always worried about him, which is yeah. which is what you want in a striker if he's not scoring. And that header, as you're saying, that just rocketed off his head. It, it? it was all timing. I don't think um, Al Nemi meant for that to go straight to him, but <laughs> nonetheless. You know, being a poacher, being a striker, is about taking those chances, whether it's a half chance or full chance. And he made it look like a perfect cross in, really, in the end, didn't he? And as I said, for a striker that we don't uh, recognise as a as a you know as a heading target normally, he, he put that in the bottom corner. Uh, Schmeagel had no chance. Also, what a, I was also very impressed with Jamie Vardy as well. Oh yeah, um, a man that we could have almost you know pushed aside, saying he was almost you know on the way out, uh, a bit done, 29, 30 years old now. He was fantastic. Uh, he scored a header as well, and Okazaki. So 
that's another re- you know that's another alarming thing for Arsenal that they should be looking at that the two probably want two of the smallest strikers in the league are able to get headed goals. Well, that's the thing I was gonna say. Um, you know, with Arsenal and and Liverpool, if you were coming up against them, if I was them, I'd just bomb it in like I'd bomb in crosses and yep. like you're. It just seems like once the ball goes in the air, both those defenses just go, go to water. water. Yep. yep, and that's exactly like yeah. You know, and looking at it, yeah, you know, I thought that one of the key moments of the game was when, unfortunately, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but when. Uh, Ian Atra got subbed on in about the 80th minute. They were 3-2 up at the time, and it was something that yeah, I was very um, worried about. Why would you take off a centre midfielder for a striker when you're 3-2 up? It just sounds like poor managerial skills. Well, it almost felt like that they wanted to give him a go, really, isn't it? Like, you know, it just sounds like a FIFA stuff. substitution, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it really was. Like, um, definitely with Arsenal, they are a pretty decent attacking team. Um I guess he'll even learn from that. I don't know where, you know, unfortunately for Ian Archer, you know, Okazaki scores, Vardy scores. Does he find himself starting on the bench again next week? And then, you know, what goes from there? Um, I want to talk about the other end of the pitch. Yes. Olivia Jewell, who scored. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, scored the yeah, winner. He did, he did score the winner, yeah. Was, Great header. Um, I was confused which one, which in order, him or Ramsey, but Ramsey scored Ramsey the scored third. Ramsey scored the third, yep. Yeah. Um, you could, you think he's very underrated, and I would love to hear more of your thoughts about. I like this is a player who gets so much shit from Arsenal fans. He's just he's like he's the poster boy of just getting beaten down every time they have a loss or like you know he comes on a lot in really average times for a player of his height and his you know he's not a very quick one. He's, he doesn't look like an impact player, but he scores so many critical goals last season. If he didn't you know save so many points for Arsenal, they would have been about I don't even know if they would have made yeah they would have been sixth. Let's be honest and. It just seems like this player does it time and time again. This header was fantastic. I think it's the head of hair. I think the head of hair actually gives him <laughs> a bit of extra power to it. But he just like he's very, very good. And I'm waiting for Arsenal fans to give him some credit because I just think that he's just for a player who consistently plays on the bench, he could go off to a mid table team or even an upper team and play as the number one guy. And instead, he continually plays on the bench at Arsenal and comes on and makes an impact. Yeah, well, he definitely scores goals, and um, it's. Maybe it's like a Hernandez kind of feel, but no respect and, and obviously different type of player. Yeah. But someone who comes on and does score goals. Um, maybe the day that they will rate him is the day that he is gone because, you know, how long does someone want to play at a club where they just give him absolute hell even though he's doing doing the job, really? Well, they looked like when uh, Drew came on, Lacazette and Drew looked really good together. They yeah. uh, It looked really natural. Each other. Yeah, well, yeah. obviously, you know, they played, they've obviously played together in the French team. Yep. So it's, you know, it just seemed like they knew what they were doing. They, when they were bombing in, like it was almost like when Leicester were bombing in, it just, they looked a lot more dangerous. So when Arsenal started bombing into Giroud, it was, looked really great. I think that Ozil played a really poor game. Anyone who watched that game, his passing was horrible. I thought Xhaka, especially in the first half, was very poor and then came out with two assists. So it's like, you know. Well, that's exactly right. The one good thing about the game is you can have a good 10 minutes where, you do create goals and great chances, you know, and your game will be rated on those moments. Um, you know, your poor game can turn into a very good game very, very quickly, which is good for any player, I guess. And it was a, one thing that um, Wenger did that was really interesting was that he moved Oxley Chamberlain to a right back position at one stage. Yeah, it was a right wing back. Yeah, it was very like it was. You know, strategy-wise, you look back at that, it's a huge decision to make, considering... And I thought he was playing very well at the start. He was. I thought he's a, like, he had a very good game. I think that, you know, Arsenal, if it could have been a draw. This is one of those games that I think that if anyone was going to win, it should have been Arsenal. But if a draw probably would have been, a, I guess, a fairer result. But, 
yeah, I, I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy with the uh, the late winner and that. It, it was cool for the um, but seeing the fans and that because Arsenal fans would get very, very um, aggressive. Well, I was saying to you as well. You know, there was a time there, and I feel like this is never going to go for away. Uh, go away for Arsenal. We go and this is pretty. It's pretty sad on Arsenal's part, really. You know, they were two one down. It wasn't even forty five minutes into the first game of the year, and we could hear people through the like through the TV at the game, and. And they'll yell at every player, you know, fucking do something, fucking do that. Like, they'll scream at these players, and you like so much so that we could hear it through the telecast, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. We could hear the crowd, and as Arsenal literally, when they're behind, like in every game now, going to be on Arsenal wingers back before the game's even finished. Like this, this game wasn't even half time, and the, and the Arsenal fans look like they're ready for blood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like we're we're losing. We're losing. Like, let's get rid of this manager already. Like, like, and it was thirty minutes in. Maybe just maybe give your team a chance to play out the game. You're gonna lose games this year. That's the Premier League. So maybe just cool your jets a bit. You know what I mean? Like, I'd hate to think when they have their first loss, what every Arsenal fan is gonna be saying. Well, if they lost this game, it would have been like massive, massive in terms yeah. of like all you know all the reactions. I would have that. had security around Arsenal Wenger for a week. But it would have like it was Arsenal Wenger that won him the game. You know, he took Rob Holding off, put Giroud on, moved. Oxley Chamberlain back to right back, like he made all these, and then brought Ramsey on, which was obviously scored a, yeah, goal, scored a goal, critical moment. Yeah, everything he did was fantastic. In everything terms he of did led him to the win, exactly. Except for probably playing Holden, he was shocking. Yeah, well, he's somebody that I know a lot of people are very, very out on at the moment. They're, they're not too keen on him, but we'll move on from them. Uh, Aaron, one more, one more thing yes. I'd like to bring up about the Arsenal game. Uh, did you get a chance to see Sanchez in the crowd? Oh yeah, I did a little bit. What was he doing? Yeah, he's uh, didn't look uh, too impressed <laughs> at, at one stage, and um, he looked like he was getting ready to pack his bags. But we'll we'll move on from that. Yeah, well, I want to move on to um, Aaron Moy FC because Aaron Moy FC got their first win against Crystal Palace away from home, three nil, including an assist from our boy Aaron Moy. Yeah, well, I don't like to call him Aaron Moy. FC, I'd like to call him Huddersfield. Mm. Um, yeah. I've also put $10 on to win the Premier League. <laughs> um, what a great start for them. You know, 3-0 away. Um, you know, Crystal Palace were obviously poor. You know, the quality assist from our boy, but... Um, our boy. Nice and sharp in the corner flag there and just whipped it in to a free header. Um, you know, just before, get, before we get too excited, you know, they have... I'm on it. You know, it's that... That classic first game in the Premier League, they're up and about, you know, hard emotions. They probably find that extra 5% they probably haven't before. Um, but in saying that, they've got three away points. Their next game is Newcastle. They could seriously see themselves after two games with six points. Wouldn't that be great? And and just a fun fact for you, they've been on the top of the Premier League longer than Tottenham. In the last two years or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's pretty, that is pretty funny. Um, yeah, it was great. Probably longer than Tottenham will ever be on top. <laughs> I was really hoping the Spurs would smash Newcastle just to break their record straight away. Yeah, but, but no, uh, we'll get into that. But yeah, um, this was a really great game. I watched, I had two games on basically simultaneously during this and I thought that Moy controlled the midfield really, really well. Billing did as well. Moody scored two goals. Um, you know, the own goal was, yeah, it was a, it was a, Cuddlesfield goal, but no, it yeah. just got the last touch off them. Uh, Palace looks so shoddy. They are, as I said at the start, if they can tighten up the defense, their defense is woeful. And I, I, this is something that is going to hurt them every game until they it's, fix it. It's definitely, this. definitely since they're trying to play at the back, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're trying to play like a Man City or a, a Barcelona type style under the De Boer. And, um, 
they're getting caught out at the moment because you know even teams like City and that they struggle in the Premier League playing that style. And um, when your Crystal Palace and your and your personnel is not the the types of the City players or the Barca players, you're going to find it extremely hard. Um, you know, credit, but like hopefully. Give them a chance. So like a new manager, new team. Oh, it's not so yeah. much a new team, but it's a new way of playing. You know, if you everything you've ever known is being flipped out upside down, and you can't imagine uh, Frank de Boer having a similar type of tactics to a Sam Allardyce. You know what I mean? Who had him for that last end of the season? Very so, different. Yeah. You know, it's going to take time. It's just hopefully they don't lose too much points in the, and drag themselves into a relegation battle before they know it, and then find themselves. Maybe going. We don't have enough time to get get this right. Well, it was you know I watched that game. There was only one team that looked like a championship quality team, and it was Palace. They looked so poor. The Townsend came on off the bench. I thought Zaha was anytime you put pressure on him, he was gone. Benteke the same thing. Just put a bit of pressure on him, and they just go to water. I thought Loftus Loftus Cheek was the only player that really showed any. Yep. Like, it showed any class about him. It showed some. Is he is he there permanently or, f- or loan? I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure he's on loan at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he, he won't be there for the whole season. Yeah, it was just it was one of those games that I think that you know it's perfect start for Huddersfield. Aaron Moy FC. They've got a really good game coming up. I think you as a Liverpool supporter would love the fact that you've got Palace at home this week. That's that's it's probably a little bit more one of the easiest fixtures you could get of the season. Well, I think. After, after this week, it definitely seems like it. Um, but at the moment, I don't. I don't trust Liverpool with anything, to be honest. They're definitely Benteke up front. Uh, all it needs is a cross from Zaha at the moment, and they might as well just walk it in. Well, that's true, yeah. That, and that's Benteke, somebody that they will try and get the crosses into, knowing how poor the Liverpool defence is. Well, it isn't poor. It's, it's dismal. And uh, I, I honestly don't have a good word to say about it. Uh, we'll move on to City, City Brighton. Uh, pretty pretty by-the-numbers thing. Yeah, you were expecting a big win. I, I went 2-1. It was a 2-0. Uh, the, thing, the only things that really stood out to me was the fact that they... Yeah, they brought in Bernardo Silva, Sane, and Sterling off the bench. I thought that was that's some pretty decent quality coming off the um, the depth in Man City is pretty huge at the moment. Brighton, yeah, as well as much as they gave it a crack, I thought that they held their own for majority of the game. But it just, you know, the class level had to show through at some stage, and it, it just once once it did, it was you know, it was just kind of the inevitable that Man City were going to start getting on top. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And, you know, you feel sorry for Brighton a little bit. You know, their first outing in the Premier League and they're coming against possibly this, one of the strongest stro- squads in the world, let alone the Premier League. Um, yeah, as you said before, you just think of those names coming off the bench, um, looking numbers of millions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like 50 million for Sterling is probably more than Brighton and he was not even starting for, Ch- uh, for City on that day. Yeah. Um, you know, 14 shots to six. You could tell it was, you know, that dominance, but still only four shots on tar- target for City in the day. Um, but, you know, what well, they got the result. Um, I don't think Pep would be too worried about, you know, the the victory. Um, business as usual for City, it really was kind of, it's kind of a bland result, really, isn't it? It's not really, it doesn't raise the eyebrows. It probably just raised the eyebrows a little bit that it wasn't three plus. Yeah, uh, the only thing, like, you know, they had nearly 80% of the possession, and that was, it, it just never looked You, you like... never get the ball, yeah. It's very it's very much um, to see if Brighton can hold on for dear life kind of thing and salvage a point more than have them try and score. Yeah, for those kind of games, it was it was always going to be tough, but, yeah, it's it's not too bad. I think Brighton, I think Brighton's going to have a, well, obviously they've got an easier game. They've got Leicester, which isn't an easy game, but yeah, it's, it's like compared to Man City, it's got to be a, a little bit of a step down. We'll move on to Spurs-Newcastle. Um, 
this is a game that yeah the first half was one, was one yeah one of the most boring halves of all time and then John Joe Shelby did a uh, typical John Joe Shelby thing and the game kind of heated up well yeah he's a bit of a hothead um, for free card for, and you see the replays on it and it's literally the stupidest step on an ankle I've ever seen and you feel like Ali baited him a little 100%. bit hundred percent I I was gonna say that if you if you look at what happened beforehand you know. It was a tackle. Ali was on the ground. He kind of did a little dinky kick away from him. Uh, he knew. He, he actually looked up, knew who it was, and then did the kick because he knows how dumb this guy is. That's the thing. This guy is thick. Like he's yeah. got. He's really thick in the head. It was just dumb. It's an automatic. I don't card think there's so much time. thickness in the head. It's just kind of like it's a drive of anger that no, he probably dumb... can't get, like a Joey Barton kind of thing. Uh, I think I think he's more of a dumbass to be honest. I yeah. really do. There's just something. To do that in, the, in that kind of stage in a game, first game up in the Premier League, it's just not necessary. One of their main players, probably their key, their key players. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it was an obvious red card. You can't do that. Simple. Like, you know, it's, it's a clear red card. No one, no one on Right the, in front of the referee. On well. lo- even, it's funny, even online, no one's debating. It's just like, that's just the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple other in, in, uh, incidents. And isn't it funny how Ali goes on the score? You know, yeah. w- within a matter of minutes after well, Jojo goes. So in off. the first half, Harry Kane did a tackle that you know was a very I'd call I'd probably call it dark yellow card. It was a, it was dark yellow card. So red. No, no dark, dark yellow. yellow dark, dark yellow is red. No, like the dark, color dark yellow is pretty much an orange or red. Yeah, well, dark yellow is kind of like it's it's so you, close so to a red. So it was red. No, it was, was it closer to the red than yellow. No, it was a yellow. It was more yellow, but it's one yellow. of those. No, you just said it was a dark yellow. Dark yellow means if closer you get... to a yellow, then it'd be like a mild yellow. A dark yellow means that if you get if you have any other challenges throughout the game, you will get a red because of it. It's basically saying you're on your literal last warning. He uh, he had a yellow. He a didn't need anything else. It was he got the ball luckily, but the thing is, after Ali about five minutes after Ali got his ankle stepped on, there was another tackle from a, um, a Newcastle player. I, don't, I can't remember the name. It should have been an automatic red. It was shocking. It was actually, it was worse than what John Joe Shelby did. And the only reason he stayed on was because that John Joe Shelby got sent off. And I think that that wasn't, that was a much more dangerous tackle. It looked like he was trying to hurt Ali. Ali was getting booed like chronic by the end of the game. Yeah, Ali's the kind of player that, he brings it on himself a lot as well. I can't oh, he, imagine... he's a bit of a smart ass. Well, yeah. he does, of course, and that's that's what makes him good because he sucks players in, and that's he's done that baited about the whole Newcastle team because they're all going after him by the, by the end of the game. You know, Spurs just showed a bit more class. I my prediction last week on Friday, sorry, was two 0 Tottenham, a couple of assists from Ericsson. And that's what we got exactly the, exactly the same. So I'll, I'll claim that call. Uh, Walker, do you pe- think you'll have scored without John Drew getting sent off? Yeah, that was. It was going to happen. It was yeah. it was one of those things that I it think just, was, it just made it. Quicker. It sped up the process. Yeah, it could have been three 0 Harry Kane hit the post and scored it on offside. Harry Kane's never scored a Premier League goal in August. Fun fact, which is uh, shows continues. pattern that continues. Yeah, it continues. It's a it's something that you know he's a slow starter, and that's it's funny how he, sometimes he doesn't score until week nine or ten, and then he wins the, wins the Golden Boot. So it's just, he goes on a rampage well, after that. That's uh, Walker Peters. I thought was the only got, the one that I kind of took out of this coming in. Playing at right back and playing really well, he got he got man of the match according to according to oh, online. Really? Yeah, I didn't think it was warranted. I thought Ericsson was probably the best or Dembele. Those two dominated the midfield as they usually do. But um, it was you know exciting times. I think Trippy as soon as he gets fit, he should be straight onto that right back position. As much as I do don't mind Walker Peters, so it, it's pretty much uh, Walker Peters goes into the Trippy role and Trippier goes into the Kyle Walker kind of thing, and, and it looks like he really. Or, you, or the only difference between now and last season is he got fifty more million pounds. Well, that's it. Yeah, um, Rose didn't play. Um, 
Davies, Davies, his replacement scored. So it's just like, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's handy. Like it, Davies is not nowhere near the player of Rose, but we hope yeah. we'll get him back in. Um, we'll move on from that. Yeah. Uh, one of the coolest things to happen this week, I thought, was Rooney scoring for Everton. Yeah, Rooney scoring at Everton at Goodison Park. Um, perfect. Perfect start for him. Uh, and if you watch the header too, it was quality header yeah, from deep in the box. Um, sorry, back from the box, like deep as in yes, yes, know, yes, further away. Uh, nice looping header, pretty much, you know, using all these instincts to get into the right place at the right time. Um, it'd be interesting to see where the goals will come from at Everton this year because I, I could see uh, Wayne Rooney's playing the deeper role, and that's pretty much where he scored his goal. And that you know that deep that deeper player holding back a bit. Um, you know, they they won nearly against a tricky Stoke side. They'd be happy with that. Three points for them, and they march on for that that ch- that challenge. You know, for that top six place. Yeah, this was um this was one of those games that you just need to get the three points. Stoke are always a tricky team, especially early on in the season. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a very exciting game to be honest. Like it wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, but you know, to see Rooney score for that that would have made everybody pretty happy. I think even if you weren't a Everton supporter, it was pretty cool to see that. Yeah. Just the fans, how cool, how much they appreciate him and you know him coming back. It's a quality start from a team who needed that. Yeah, you know, this is, yeah. You look on. Well, definitely with City coming up this week, they needed that result first because um, this fixture for them is going to be extremely tough. Well, yeah, and you know, considering our bet, where well, I think Everton's going to go higher than West Ham, it's a perfect start for me. Yep, definitely. Uh, yeah, I definitely lost out on that one this week. Uh, moving on to West Brom and Bournemouth. Uh, West Brom take the chocolates with one 0 win over Bournemouth. Um, are you a little bit surprised? I'm a little bit surprised. I thought Bournemouth were probably. They're almost the favourites going into this. I don't know what the bookies were literally paying, but I just saw them being, you know, the team that were going to take out the three points. Um, so I was a little bit surprised. They did have 71% of the possession, uh, but nearly half the shots. Yeah, that's so. that's the thing I was, the main thing I brought up from Bournemouth. They really, they, as much as you can have the ball, and there's a lot of good teams that do this, and Spurs do this a lot, we can have. 70% of the possession, but if you don't do anything with it and if you're just passing around your midfield, then it doesn't mean anything to yeah, you. Yeah. And to have that much possession and then have, you know, 16 to 9 shots, you know, that was that was a tally West Brom in favour, that's a lot. That's a big discrepancy. And there's, you know, even, even the shots on target, it was six shots on target to West Brom to two from Bournemouth. They had so much of the ball in the second half and you know, I was flicking through all these games, about four games in a row, and I came through... And every time I you know, I came onto this game, it was just born for attacking, and it just it just never seemed to amount to anything. Uh, Jordan Ibe came on throughout the game. Defoe came on throughout the game. Defoe started on the bench. Uh, it seemed okay at the time. It's I don't know. It just was one of those games. It's it's hard to win at the Hawthorns at times. A lot yeah, of teams it's, very it's much really, struggle. It comes a fortress or at stages during the season. That's exactly it, and I think that. Yeah, one nil win. It's a very good start for um, West Brom. Bournemouth won't be too phased, I don't think. Yeah, this was one of those games that I thought could have gone either way. They've got a, a lovely game this week. I think Bournemouth Watford's one of those really really cool games that could go either way as well. So it's a couple. It's a couple of crackers right there. And we'll move on to the last game. There's not really much to say about this. Uh, as I said on uh, Saturday night, I had four games out of the five streaming. The only game I didn't have streaming was Southampton Swansea. Jeez, and, you'd be shattered about that. <laughs> well, the, the nil nil draw just didn't. Yeah, do, we, do we even give it the the respect in even saying anything about this game? Just, I, I feel like, not, like literally, we was probably watching paint dry. Was probably more interesting this game. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, to have this game, and I thought Southampton needed to win this just in terms of getting themselves off to a good start. I think that 
Swans, who had a very, very weak-looking team. No Sigerson, of course, and it just seems like... You know, uh, Southampton had 29 shots uh, on goal. Yeah, tell me how much. How much? On target. Uh, it was two. They had two shots on target out of 29. Well, the fact is, you know, Swansea had zero shots on target for the whole game. And they only had four shots in general. And it's just four shots, zero on target. There was two shots on target for the entire game. And it just shows that, like, you know, there was, you know they hit the bar on Southampton. They had a couple of big chances. They had 60% of the possession, but they just couldn't put away. And it seemed like Southampton, this is why I put them down a bit lower in the table, is because I think that they, these are the games that they really need to win. Because these these should be marked down as three points every time. Yeah, definitely. Home. Otherwise, they will find themselves like everyone else in a relegation battle. And you really don't want to um, define yourself in that in, in that particular. Because, you know, when you're in there, you can be stuck in there for a long time. This is the Premier League. Um, you know, you can't. It's so funny, like games that you think that you should lose, you, you got a chance, and then th- games that you think you should win easily, find very find yourself in very tricky situations because all the clubs are so strong. So, um, poor start for Southampton. Probably, I don't think it was too bad for Swansea. Yeah, they'd be happy with the point, I think. Yeah, they'd take a point, and you know who they got this week. They've got a Southampton have West Ham, which is a beautiful game. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And Swansea have United. Yeah, so <laughs> that'll be interesting too. <laughs> Well, okay, what we'll do is we'll move on to the transfers. One of the big things before we get into the actual players is that there's going to be a vote held on September 7th to try and move the transfer window so it ends before the season starts. This is a big topic because I feel like if you were on the outside and you had no idea of the Premier League, you would look at this and go, why Why would this happen? Why would the transfer window go for the first three weeks of the season? It just seems a bit odd. Yeah, it does seem a bit odd. I'm... I must be one of the very few people that don't actually mind it. Yeah. I think it's good that the fact that, you know, teams have a couple of weeks and they go, oh, and it gives them a chance to quickly change something if, they, if they're if they desperate, you know. Like for us, for instance, Liverpool is a perfect example, uh, even though we've known this problem for three years. Uh, well, it feels like it anyway that, you know, God, we need a new centre-back. We've still got, you know, 30 days to, to buy another one. Um, it looks like most of the clubs are voting... To have it finishing up at you know that time, the only the only thing that I think that needs to happen, but it has to be you know, has to be agreed across Europe. It can't be agreed across the Premier League because that will really frustrate some clubs if you know yeah. some go for the normal time and some some are ending early. Um, well, you saw you saw the Chinese transfer window, yeah, and they were trying to get a bunch of players, and it was just like, well, that time's up. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's just utter confusion. I think that, I think the transfer time like period should be. Like almost a worldwide thing just to stop any confusion. But, yeah, it looks set to most clubs are going to vote for yes to, to shut it at the end of the season, uh, before the start of the season, which is, you know, it looks like that's the way football's going at the moment, which it doesn't really affect people too much. Um, yeah, so it's just... Yeah, it's... it be interesting to see how it goes. I feel like, you know, when it happens, I think a few people might complain, but it won't make too much of a difference. I know Klopp's big into this. I Yeah, maybe it's because Coutinho yeah, is, is looking maybe, to go. Yeah, maybe this time next year we'll have a different opinion. Yeah, exactly. But I know Klopp's very much in the believer of let's get this transfer window done before season starts so we can have our starting squads in for week one. Yep. And it's not bad as a Spurs supporter who, you know, Spurs do nearly all their business after the season starts. Usually, this is pretty standard for Spurs. Uh, it's, you know, I don't mind it because I wouldn't mind having a good starting team instead of having to, you know, pitch in players as, as the first few weeks go by. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, we're going to work into, you know, to the big transfers. Obviously, yes. 
the one I hate talking about the most because it looks more and more likely now that it's going to happen. I actually saw a video of his face being pulled off the merchandise store in Liverpool, and that is Felipe Coutinho and his imminent move to Barcelona. Um, you know, I've lost track of the price roughly. You know, it's from as low as 90 to as high as 120. I've even heard of 150 at one yeah. stage. Don't think it's going to go that high. I think probably 120 in add-ons. I, yeah, I've Maybe. heard I've heard 137 or something like that around about. Um, yeah, these are like you know Barcelona are trying very very hard to get this guy. It's he's a very good player. It's yeah, you know, Coutinho. We all know this. Uh, what like you know his value right now is obviously being jacked up as you know no one's worth that money. As you know, Neymar's not worth his money. But like, what do you think is going to happen here? Do you think that yeah? Do you think it's a guarantee? You know, it's. It makes me sad just talking about it. You can see that. I know. Hurting, I know. Hurting buddy. my eyes. It's okay. Ericsson's next, mate. So don't you don't you get too smart. That's it, that's if they don't get to Coutinho, apparently. Well, that is true. So you'd be you'd be kind of hoping on it now, wouldn't you? Well, it's the, like a that's that's exactly it. Well, we, I was saying this two weeks ago. That yeah, I know. I, yeah. Like I feel like I'm predicting the future here. Um, yeah, I said Ericsson is a perfect player for the Barcelona system. He's just not the flashy player that they're looking for you know, Ericsson's more of like kind of that De Bruyne kind of yeah. you know, stand up class player who will put these crazy through balls in where Coutinho is more of a take on player he likes to take players on cut and in like, on his right yeah shoot, it's yeah. like he's a Coutinho's a very South American player funnily yeah. enough <laughs> yeah. and they all love Barca those kids so it, well that's a huge thing like what do you think about Liverpool not like not holding him but like Klopp has come out and said he's not for sale. Coutinho didn't like them saying that, like, at all. I think that's... And then about 12 hours later, he hand, hands in his request. What do you think about Liverpool potentially holding on to him and being like, well, you've got time on your contract. We're going to hold you because you're con- you're he's contractually only, obligated. Well, that's exactly... Right. Well, he's only six months in, and we're, we're living in a world where players don't think well, by signing a contract that holds them... Yeah, It's like they sign the contract to get more money, right? But the only obligation is for your club to pay your, you that much money. It's like they can literally feel like they can leave whenever they want. As soon, you know, all yeah. they have to do is hand in a piece of paper and, oh, no, my contract doesn't matter anymore. Guess what, mate? You signed it. You are happy then on that day. Just, you know, as, as I was saying before to you off air, that it just it just stinks of Suarez. And, and the year before, we had that amazing season where we challenged for the title. And Steven Gerrard was the man that was able just to calm him a bit before he was going to go to Arsenal and just say, well, have one more year. And I feel like we're in the same... It's like, you know, Groundhog Day just with Coutinho instead. And I just love him personally. Just, just It's going to happen. Just stay one more year. You're 25, 26, whatever, you're, whatever your age is. You, you know, you, you haven't even hit your prime yet, really. Yeah. Just give us one more year. Let us challenge. Let us, you know, if we get him and we get Van Dijk, we're a different team. Let us challenge and let us give a chance to not only challenge for the title, but let's make a movement in Europe this year. And, you know, if you give us all this year, then, you know, you've done, you've done admirably, uh, done all you can for the club and, you know, you can move to Barca. So, yeah, it's funny how, like, you know, someone like Gerard comes out and says something like, you know, you owe it to the club to say another year. Like how how long does he have to run on his contract? He's just signed. Five years. He's got five years, so that that's obviously a big reason why his price is jacked up as much. If he yeah. had six months on his contract, or like, sorry, a year on his contract, he would be worth probably a lot less because you know they they were trying to get money out of him. Um, you know, look, this is a very tough one. If Barca don't go for Coutinho, Ericsson's somebody they're looking at. Dembele's from 
uh, Dortmund is still somebody they're looking at. I've heard Deli Alley is somebody they look, they've had little pipsqueaks and looking at. Even Mbappe, there's a lot of great players there. Um, but it seems like Coutinho is the most suitable replacement for somebody like Neymar if you're trying to go for a like-for-like like player. Him and Dembele are the ones that I think... Like, I, I think they'll get both. Yeah, I really do. And then what happens, one of them's going to miss out. So, um, look, I think it's going to happen, to be honest. I can see it happen. He wants to go. South Americans have this fascination with Barcelona and Madrid. And, yep. you know, he's probably dreamed of playing for Barcelona since he was a kid. Um, so... You know, I've already kind of resigned to the fact that it's happened. I'm just waiting to wake up one morning during this week or over the next week and yeah. see him in a Barcelona shirt smiling from ear to ear and I'll be willing to punch the wall. But does that, like, um, yeah. do you lose a bit, of, not respect, but like, does your opinion of him drop a little bit? Um, yes and no. I'm, I'm frustrated how the way it happened, you know. I'm frustrated how early into a contract that the club really has no power anymore. Yeah, you know it's all it's all the players' world well, now. Isn't they it? do. They can hold on. They can hold on to him, but it leaves for a very like a very ugly sour taste. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it does knows? get ugly. You look at Sanchez's and you look at Van Dyke situation, and I really don't want our club to be dragged through something. And Costa really is the worst. Yeah. Um, I don't want our club to be dragged through that. It's just embarrassing for everyone involved. The player looks like a brat. The club looks like, you know, just well, a... That's a, the thing. A, you know? That's the thing. Well, you, yeah, the club the club looks like really poor out of the situation, but really should they? Like, if, Especially if he's just signed on, which he has. If it, the club was to go like, mate, you've literally, like six months ago, you've signed on to this contract. Like, you've got to at least give a couple of years before we even look at selling you. This is really like, you know, we're, mm. we're paying you all this money. Like, and, you know, one year, one more year, as you said, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Like it seems like Barcelona is gonna get Coutinho at some stage. This could just be like putting in the work for next season. I don't yeah. mind that. I think that that's something that could be, it could work out for both. You know, both clubs. Um, I think he will. Yeah, he'll fit in well at Barcelona. Coutinho, is somebody who could fit in well just anyway, about anywhere. Yeah, well, like, he, you know, for someone who's body frame and, and and strength and height, if he is adapted to the Premier League and become the the prom, you know the player that he is today then, you know, there's no league in the world that can stop him, I don't think, because he's literally made it here in the, in the most physical competition in the world, which, you know, if you thought of one league in the world, if you look at Felipe Coutinho and you look at his ability and his skill and time on the ball and all that kind of stuff, and you think there's one league that would challenge him the most, it'd be this one. But it's, t- it's turned him into an absolutely wonderful player. And if he does go to Spain, watch out, because he'll be unstoppable. I want to move on to... I got one more question for you. Okay, just for it, one just don't continue. Um, just try and be unbiased here because I know you won't be. Where does Coutinho rate right now in terms of the best Premier League players? Top bracket. Wait, I'm talking num- like, are you top five, top ten, easily top ten. Yeah, I, I think that's about fair. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of great players. There's a lot of fantastic players. Half of them play for City, um, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, in that that top ten players, I think that's fair. Uh, like top, f- he'd be in the top five conversation. Yeah. But where does he sit? In yeah, that that's of... it. Yeah, like it depends what kind of position and, you're looking at as well. And and, and and that it also ends on opinion as well. Yeah, of course. Do you? Okay, we'll move on to before we move on to Sanchez, Coutinho, Sanchez. Do you think one of them's better than the other? Are we talking market value? Or are we talking just? I'm talking yeah, player as a player. They're two different kind of players. Like. Okay, that's fair. We'll, we'll move on to Sanchez. They're both world-class. Well, Manchester City has recently put in a £60 million bid for Sanchez. Has that been rejected? 
it hasn't it has it's only recently gone in. So this is something that's going to start the um, re kind of invigorate the Sanchez saga that seems to have been going on for months now. Um, this is you know there's two clubs that um, he could go to. It's PSG or Man City. It's funny how PSG could somehow get this guy considering all the money they spent already. I know it's crazy, isn't it? And um, you had a funny story about Sanchez and a and a, and a, a tweet was it? Yeah. Okay. So this is um, something that came out my- earlier today. Sanchez um, made a Twitter uh, made a tweet. It was, "I will take your word at Richard Marks, and when you want, we can play football at the Emirates Stadium." Just seems like a harmless tweet. There's nothing nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the thing that sent the internet into meltdown is that it has it has uh, cited his location as Paris, France. So basically, the internet has taken that as he's signing with PSG. It's gonna happen. There's been reports that uh, that he's actually been meeting up with PSG managers and stuff like that to try and get this contract negotiated. It seems like two clubs are after this guy. Um, I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was probably thinking that Sanchez was gonna stay. Last week, I thought he was gonna go. It's this is just one of the weirdest ones. I don't know what's gonna happen here. It's literally like just a. Ping pong, isn't it? Just one side, one side, you know, and it's Coutinho to a degree as well. You know, we're sitting here last week thinking he wasn't going to go. Yeah, it's very true. Um, I wonder where Neymar comes into this. I say I say this because, you know, PSG weren't looking at Sanchez before the Neymar deal. I wonder if Sanchez sees Neymar's transfer as a sign that PSG is going to be one of the the forces of the European football. And oh, yeah. what does he want to be a part of it in these best years? You know, he does want to be a club that's playing the Champions League. If he becomes a front free with Neymar and Cavani in the middle, gee, that's that's as good as anyone in the world. Isn't well, it? Yeah, I was going to say that they had um they had a thing on today about PSG saying is Neymar, Di Maria, Cavani the best trio in the league. The best, the top yeah. comment was no, it's um Suarez, Messi, and the referee. That was yeah. that was yeah. the next one. But like that that's a you know, that's a devastating one. You add Sanchez to the mix, and that probably pushes out Di Maria. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like how good does this this team get, especially with players like Draxler, which we will get into later. But yeah, Sanchez, what's his like? What do you think his value is? Sixty mil? Do you think that? Yeah, sixty is about for fifty sixty. I think I've said in previous shows, and and just with his contract, main main reason, yeah, yeah, main reason, and. Like it's probably it would have been higher if it was mid twenties, but he's twenty nine. Let's not forget that. Um, moving on to a, another one that's kind of you feel it's dragged on now more than you know it should have is uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson from Swansea. Um, I'm not sure if you featured on the weekend. I don't think you did. No, no, he didn't. Wasn't on the bench. Um, this is this is going to be a done deal. I'm pretty confident this is going to happen. We I didn't actually and this mention is to Everton. This. Isn't yeah, it? this is obviously um, Sigurdsson to Everton. Rumoured it's around 40 to 50 mil. It's a lot of money, but when you're buying a team's best player... 10 mil for Sanchez, but... Well, that's it. But I, I think that the, the circumstances, Sigurdsson's got longer on his contract. I think that when you're buying a lower team's best player, they're going to have to make you pay out your ass if you want him. Yeah. Sanchez is, in my opinion, twice the player. And that's nothing against Sigurdsson. I think Sanchez is just unbelievable. I, I think, think Sigurdsson's a quality player as well, actually. Oh, I, big time. And I think, yeah, you know, I was talking about who who are the really good players in Everton. I think if Sigurdsson gets signed, I think he's another one to add to that list. He's yep. a very, very good player. Um, like, you know, in terms of value, Sigurdsson, what, what's he worth... It's probably going to happen. Do you? How's this guy going to fit to this squad? They've put a lot of players right now. Like, is this a good move for him? Uh, I think it is a good move for move for him. I think he fits into that starting eleven. So, you know, it's a bit more quality. I, I f- hopefully, it doesn't turn into a Tottenham where they're, they're like, "Well, we've got all the players that are probably as good as you, and you're just the unlucky one that doesn't get a game." Kind yeah. of thing. Um, I don't think that will happen. I think 
he'll he'll be a vast improvement and definitely with the outgoing Ross Barkley I think this is the perfect transfer for him a team that you, if if he went to any team probably higher, that he wouldn't be getting game time. Yes, he went to any team lower, he probably he's probably not playing against the best team that he could play with. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he plays if Rooney is playing because Rooney plays a lot deeper now. Yeah, yep. Um, and it, that kind of pushes them so close to each other, it kind of makes it like you know it's one or the other almost to a degree. Unless it could Simpson be yeah. plays as like a, almost like a holding midfielder. Uh, he's more of a, like, to me, he's more creative. He likes yeah. to put people through. I could imagine Sigerson putting Rooney through a few times. Yeah. Like, and Rooney, and, Rooney, as and well. Rooney, like, slowing up and the defender just slowly going past him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's unfortunate for him. Yeah. But, yeah, well, it's funny you, you mentioned Barkley. We'll, we'll go Barkley now because I think yeah. that it's, yeah, as you said, it's a bit of a like for like. And you're saying that if Sigerson was to go to anyone above him, above that, um, yeah, that level. Would you say who would you say is a better player, Barkley or Sigerson? Right now, Sigerson, easily. Yeah, I agree too. Easily, but I think the only thing that Barkley has right now is age. That's the only thing that he has yeah. over Sigerson. Um, you can argue that he could develop to a great player. Sigerson's proved over the last three, four years, and he's been fantastic. He's uh, been great, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, like you know, Barkley linked to Tottenham. It's not confirmed, but it looks like it's going to happen. Apparently, um, Barkley is willing to take a bit of a pay cut. He was, well, you know, he's yeah. getting he's getting about hundred thousand at the moment. And he's willing to go down to about seventy foul per week, which is pretty, um, you know, pretty substantial considering a lot of players are very much more money oriented than others. Yeah, it, it's still seventy thousand a week, I guess. But like, <laughs> in saying that, you know, you know, you just want to be playing football, I guess. And that's what that's the biggest confusion about this because it's like he's going to a club where it seems like he's going to play less football and earn less money. And the other thing too is also that he's, he's leaving a club that he loves. Like he's grew up as an Everton supporter. I just I just wonder where the love has gone, and it, maybe something's happened to him there. You know, you can't imagine playing for your homegrown team and and being a starter and, and being a possible you know club, turning yourself into a club legend to leave for a club that you I, I guarantee like remember Michel Vaughan? Yes. Is he still at Tottenham? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's still there. I reckon he'd probably play more than him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's it. It's it's a very odd um, kind of request to go to a play a place like Spurs. Maybe he sees a bigger picture. Maybe he thinks of it and goes like, work okay. his way into the team. Yeah, work his way in. He might think that he might think they're on the brink of a championship, um, of a title. I think no point that, if they don't play the games, mate. You well, that's medal. exactly it. And like Spurs seem to be like, I think we're just going to have the England squad in about three years. Literally, the whole England squad is going to be playing for Spurs. It seems like we're very much. In that realm where well, we you do play Wembley, Wembley at the moment. Well, it makes it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Why wouldn't you? Maybe that's what. Maybe that's something that's bargaining him over. We'll move on to um Van Dyke because I know that's something that you know you, you know. I feel if, very strong about. If you if you were there when me and Mickey were watching this um Liverpool Watford, you would have known how many times Van Dyke was brought up throughout the game by you. You were wanting you wanted him to come on. I think one time I was screaming is where is Van Dyke? <laughs> I think there was a Van Dyke chant going through the uh, the Mickey Kennedy household. But it's just like I just want to paint a picture of like <laughs> the type of supporter I am. I'm very vocal, I'm very emotional and there is good chance that I will put a hole through a wall at one stage, whether we kick a goal or not. Yeah, you, that, were, that's it. you were smacking the wall when you scored, so that's the problem, isn't it? That was it? in happiness. That was a happy slap. But <laughs> you know Nothing wrong with a bit of passion, but as I said, Van Dyke was someone that did uh, come up in a topic probably every fifteen minutes or every time Watford scored, and more importantly, <laughs> every time it went into the to the box because yeah, you can't defend. You were just like, uh, it was like Van Dyke would have stopped that. Van Dyke would have done, but yeah. like it's... Van Dyke would have stopped World War Two according to me. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
Well, Vent, like, it's a, it's a really another one of those kind of sagas that it just seems like it's going to happen but this to me is it a little bit but yeah this like is a little bit less likely now. I think that there are offers and unfortunately you'd be hating this from Chelsea are interested Manchester City of all teams oh. to be interested have, have shown a little bit of interest you know how Man City are they could place one bid and Van Dijk could be like well I want to win a title and I'm going to get paid a lot better so why not yeah you know it- you know, Liverpool, he, he said Liverpool is his preferred destination. I don't know how true that will be once City comes sniffing and so is Chelsea. I don't th- can he, will he start at Chelsea? Ah, uh, well, They just bought David Luiz, they've got Gary Cahill, City have got Stones, they've got Company. Um, Otamendi. Otamendi, you know. Oh, I, I think that, um, yeah, if if City were looking to move, slowly move Company out, I don't think Otamendi's up to it. I don't think he's as good as what everybody thinks. They're, they're, they're not, I can't see him moving them out anytime soon because they look a shambles without Company. Well, yeah, that's it. But at the moment. he needs to get a game. That's the thing. Like He needs to be able to... He'll get to, a game, don't worry. Yeah. As soon as he's fit, he'll go straight in. Uh, what's, but what's, that's the other issue. What's too. Van Dyke's worth, like, without taking into any kind of consideration, just on his player playing ability... Well, it depends what team, because for Liverpool, he's, he's pretty much priceless at the moment if he can stop those goals. Yeah, well, that's fair. Like, and yeah, I've, I've said this before, but it seems like he's just waiting out on this Coutinho deal to get done so he can jack up the price. Why wouldn't you if you're Southampton? Like, it sounds like a smart decision. You know, yeah. It's just one of those things that... Um, and, and to be honest, I think it's kind of like the Coutinho thing. Like, Southampton supporters are probably, you know, just... They know the fact that he's going to go. It's just a thing. I don't know if they care if it's Liverpool or not, because it'd just be another player going to Liverpool. Um, but I think it's gone on so long that no one cares anymore. It's kind of like just just get it over and done with kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's happened it, to him so many for times. For a supporter, before. it actually like when one of your best players actually goes for this. I found this with Katina. I found this as far as like literally. I don't know about anyone else as a supporter. I find it very draining. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually do find it draining like, sitting there waiting for the. Has it happened yet? Is it no? It hasn't happened. Oh, he's staying. I feel good. Nah, he's going, oh, fuck. Yeah, and then you resign to the fact that he's going to yeah. go, and then it drags on for a week, and you haven't heard anything yet. And then one minute he's staying, one minute's going. Next minute they offer him a fucking double-wage double, double wage contract. He, yeah, does yeah. he turn it? No, he turns it down, he hands it to It's like the whole process of it all, definitely from players that drag it on, it, it does become very draining, and you get tired of it, and it's almost at the stage sometimes where you just just hurry up and leave because and it I want to move on, and I want to move on to the players that we're going to get the money that we get from you. It also builds up the players so much as well that like their expectation exceeds even what their actual ability is. Yeah. If this, if you and guys, price does too, because the price just keeps going up every time there's, yeah. a, there's a speed hump in the... In yeah, the, um, there's no contract problems, and they're like, oh, we actually want you to pay a bit less for this player. Like, yeah. no, I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, and never will. Trust me. Yeah. We'll move on to um, another player linked with uh, Liverpool as well as Chelsea, uh, Oxley Chamberlain. I, I, you know, this is a very iffy one that I don't think Wenger's going to let him go. To no, it's definitely not after. The, if I was like, he was probably one of the shining lights in that first game. Played well on the week, on the weekend, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes into like a Victor Moses kind of position where he, he finds himself as a right wing back, or you know, goes a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, he's very good on the ball, very pacey, as we all know. Um, and after after watching him on Friday night, I can I, I can't see him leaving Ch- uh, Arsenal either. He just he probably just got you know um, Arsenal probably had a look and go you know what I mean, what just hold on to you because he it, it, I have a feeling he, he got, it would be like the Maddich thing all over again if he went to a Liverpool Chelsea and really start. Well, who, maybe maybe he's learnt from that. Who's um whose squad would Ox fit into a bit more? And do you think it, would he start in either team? 
Because it's tough. Like, well, yeah. that's tough as well. And I don't necessarily think he'd start any team. Unfortunately for both, oh, oh, it depends. It, it, it depends where they're going to be played. Like at Liverpool, I couldn't see him starting above Salah. I couldn't, start, couldn't no. see him starting above uh, Mane. Unfortunately for Oxford, he's playing in a position where all these teams have a lot of problems, but none of their problems are really up front. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe Chelsea's eye a little bit, but then they've got Murata who's just scored on the weekend. He looks good. So, you know, once they get Hazard back and, you know, a couple of others, yeah. they've got their problems. Well, they've got Pedro, William. Yeah. Right, they've got, they've yeah, got William, players. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So he's fighting for a spot where a lot of these top teams are already top-heavy. And yeah. it's like... Let's fix all our club's problems. Let's buy another striker, even though we've got ten. Yeah, the- and, you know what I mean. Like, it, it would be very like interesting to see where what kind of part he would play in any of those teams, and probably find himself a bit part player again. And that's where, when they start hopping against the top teams, and they and they're still not getting a game, it's when they probably have to start looking a little bit down down yeah. the table. So, I reckon for him personally, his best place is to stay at Arsenal, but. We'll see about that. Now, this is a transfer that I, I think is incredibly interesting. Yep. Um, Stoke City have a renown for pulling off a signing that it's just like, it just seems like leaps and, like, just so far ahead of what they can achieve. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Leaps and bounds is the, the topic, uh, the, the term I was meaning to say. Yes. Um, finally got there in the end. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yep, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesse Rodriguez, the PSG winger, um, looks less and less likely to be getting any sort of game time with the arrival of Neymar and definitely for the arrival of Sanchez goes through. Um, he's looking at possibly going to Stoke. Now, the only <laughs> thing I will say about this transfer is he was very good at Real Madrid. He's playing with world-class players. He really has struggled since he's gone to the French capital. He's even been out alone to a La Liga side, which he was noticeably poor as well there. Okay. So he's dropped off the kind of radar of those top tier teams. That's where Stoke's come in, and the, and previously they've been very good at this. They've got a Shakiri who wasn't he wasn't bad at buying. Um, so the, the fact that they got him was amazing. Yeah. Um, Bojan as well. Yeah. Is a man. You know, he was a world class talent at one stage. You couldn't see him ever playing for Stoke. And another man that you could never see playing for Stoke either is Jesse Rodriguez, but he is linked with them. Yeah, um, I don't know too much about Rodriguez as a player. I've seen a few highlights, like, and but everyone's highlights look fantastic. You know, as, as well, they don't, they don't, you know, put the bad <laughs> stuff on unless you deal. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it. And something about PSG is they're going to have to let a lot of players go. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this seems like a natural kind of player to kind of leave, like free up that wage bill a little bit more, especially if you're looking at somebody like Sanchez. Going to Stokes where it gets really interesting because I feel like there should be other clubs more interested in him. And it's annoying. I feel like Stoke would be one of those teams and like now it's kind of out that Stoke are pursuing him. A lot of other Premier League teams might be like, oh, hello, let's, let's yeah, have a look. This guy yeah, let's have a look. Let's see if he's, if he'll fit our system. Oh, we got a little bit more money. We'll try and convince him in. And but in saying that too, you probably thought the same with Bojan. You probably thought the same yeah, with Shakiri. That's true. Yeah. Definitely with Shakiri. There's something something about Stoke. They, don't, they are decent at luring good players. Yeah. And, it's weird, but I think once you get that first one, 
yeah. it's a lot easier to get them rolling, the ball rolling. Because ever since they got that first one, they've really gone on to leaps and bounds. Yeah, that's it. and it's almost like the the clubs ran been run well, and it's kind of they're getting good word of mouth, and they're being like, "Yo, you should come over." It's actually really good. You know, get yourself into the Premier League if you want to leave later on and like yeah, upgrade. And, and be a part of a solid team. Yeah, like not a great team, but a solid team. But like it's a it's a smart decision if he wants to go, especially if he's not getting any game time. He will start probably at Stoke. There's no probably no debate on that. Yep. And yeah, but we'll move on. Um, this is an interesting one that kind of just came through recently. Apparently, now I'll put apparently in brackets because that's a key word here. Ozil has asked for a transfer back to Barcelona. This is odd because I don't know what the hell Ozil's value would be right now. And he's come off a really poor first game, and it's just like, you know, what's he? What could this guy be worth right now in terms of? Form in terms of age, you know, it's just it just doesn't add up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know too much about this, Nick. You really sprung this on me tonight, and it, yeah. it did raise my eyebrows. I, I thought the first thing was, oh, what? Like, yeah, um, he has formerly, like, for people that don't know, he, he's formerly a Real Madrid player as well, which wouldn't go down with them. Yes, um, the reason he did go to Arsenal, but uh, is the you know, probably the reason why Azil doesn't feel too obliged. By Real Madrid not to go there, he, he yeah. kind of, kind of, got pushed out. Not pushed out, but it, it was a bit easy for him to go. They didn't really show any interest in whether he stayed or left, which yeah. has probably hurt his feelings a little bit. Poor guy. <laughs> um, <Yep>. Poor Ozil. <laughs> anyway, um, I moved to. It's, it seems plausible. You know, it seems like like that could actually happen at some stage. I don't think we're any close to seeing that one happen. Might not happen in this transfer window. No. It's easy that the. It's it's weird that the player himself. Said, kind of come get me, kind of thing. Well, yeah, he's kind and of put I, out to his agent. He's like, I want you to sell me to this club. Yeah, and, just... but, and, and it also depends. You know, his agent might have ties to Barcelona that you know might make it easier. I also find that hard to believe if he's played for Madrid. Um, but yeah, that one's yet to be seen. I think that's a that's a, that's a bit of yeah, a dark horse. It's a definitely a dark horse. I'll move on to a simple one. We'll, we'll try and move through these ones. Lucas Perez. Um, the Arsenal have put his price tag at about twenty million. Is this guy worth that much? Really, like off his form. Well, I've had time to think about it. Ooh, and um, you know, when you think about the price of the players going around today, and you, you think, you know, Neymar's one hundred and ninety, and Coutinho's going for one hundred and fifty, and all these kind of bullshit. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, yeah, um, twenty million doesn't seem like that big of a big of a buy, you know. And you know the question you did raise to me before is whether these smaller teams can afford him. Don't forget, we've lived in a year where Wolverhampton, a championship side, has pulled fifteen million pounds out for Ruben Neves. Yeah. So I think twenty million pounds is very plausible. I think Newcastle should have a look at him. I think even teams in the you know like well, not so much Bournemouth. I think they've got Jermaine Defoe and a few others. Yeah. But uh, even Southampton. Um, this could be a guy that could really start firing his feet at one of these smaller teams. And we talked about it the other week where this guy generally is one of the few players at Arsenal that really has not get, been given a proper chance no. to play. And that's that's um, really against what every Arsenal fan has wanted. Everyone's wanted him to play a lot more games. And it's unfortunate that he wants to go and he probably has a real bad taste for Arsenal now because he ha- really hasn't been giving much of a crack. And his number got taken off him to give him the Lacazette. Yeah, I know you're very upset about that. You're per- upset, you're, yeah. You feel personally victimised on that. but Numbers are important, man. <laughs> but like Perez, I, I think Newcastle should go for him definitely because, uh, you know, 
they've come out. Rafa's come out, and he's said that he's just not getting the money involved. Like he can't. He's not being given the money from yeah. the club to and actually that has, go out and, and buy players. It's got a lot to do with Mike Ashley, obviously the owner. And yeah, well, that's exactly it. Mike Ashley has come out and said like, "We're not a city. We're not that." But that being said. Don't own Newcastle if you're not prepared to put but, the money in. That's but the thing up. is, like, obviously they're not City. No one's City. City are on another level. Like, they're mm. they're just coming up. Twenty. Like, if you see a team like Bournemouth play twenty million for Aki, and then you kind of and you look at this and you go, this could be a lot better of a signing in, in the long run, Perez. Considering that you are you have no real striker right now. You have no real good striker. I yeah. thought. And it's just it seems odd that they wouldn't at least try for this one because it seems like a natural fit. It does. It does. Like you, you think of a, a few clubs that he'd suit, and but the one that really comes up in lights is Newcastle. As I said, I'm actually quite surprised that Rafa's probably taken this so well. He probably hasn't. I feel like Rafa's a kind of uh, manager, you know, that expects a backing. Otherwise, he can't do his best work, and he's not one to open himself up to losing games of football because he's not getting backed by the board. Um, how long this is going to last, I don't. Personally, I don't think that long. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next six months if Newcastle start losing games because they haven't bought any players to sustain life in the Premier League. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think as a new like Newcastle fans would definitely be hoping that Mike Ashley is out of the club sooner rather than later <laughs> on this fact because he is the ultimate businessman. He's ruthless. Yeah. And you know he you know he'd do anything for a dollar. And obviously he's trying to save money by. Doing this kind of stuff, you if you look back at all the stuff he's done at Newcastle, like you know changing St James's Park to Sports Direct Arena, yeah, yeah, for, that's you know, crazy. Yeah. He, he'll do anything for money, and if he doesn't want to spend it, and he wants to save money. This is the stuff he's going to do. He's not going to buy players, and unfortunately, the only people that suffer is Newcastle, the club, and the supporters. And for a club the size of Newcastle, no one deserves. Well, they don't deserve that. They well, deserve it, a man. They deserve an owner that's going to back the club, put their hard-earned money in, and make them the successful team that they once were. Yeah, that's exactly it. And like I heard someone say today, like you look at a team like Bournemouth. I'm going to bring up Bournemouth again, and they were saying that like they only get like ten, fifteen thousand people to their games. Newcastle get a lot more, fifty something. Yeah, exactly. They're a big, like they're a big club in terms a of huge attendance. club. Yeah, and like they should be making a lot more money. Like how are they how are they not at least getting a bunch through like. If you want to take the next step and if you want to guarantee that you're going to stay up in this league, you need to put the money down, unfortunately. Especially when you're coming up, you see... It is what it is. You see Huddlesfield come up, Aramoy FC, and they broke their transfer record four or five times in already. Week, yeah. And same with Brighton. Brighton have been doing the same and you, thing. And you think Newcastle, after being down once already, would have learned that lesson and would have actually realised the numbers that it's involved of getting, getting relegated is not worth... Than just putting your hand in your pocket and making sure your team stays in the Premier League, like That's surely, exactly surely they they would have realised by now. Mike Ashley's not a, not a dumb man. He, he doesn't get to his position in, in life being stupid or making stupid decisions. Yeah. If he can keep Newcastle in the Premier League, surely that's more financial benefit than getting relegated again because the squad there in the moment, they'll find themselves in real trouble sooner rather than later. Exactly. And yeah, it's they've got a, they've got a good game this week. At least Huddlesfield is, is one of those games. That well, will it be a good game for them? Well, who knows? That's a thing. It's a winnable game. Like They would go into that confident. And I think that, you know, especially considering that they played them last season, they beat them. Huddlesfield got a lot, a lot of new players right now. So it is a different side, but it's, yeah. that's going to be a good game, actually, I think. We'll move on to... Um, Somebody, you know, the whole Coutinho deal is something big. Uh, quickly, I've heard, you know, recently the whole big thing has come out. Draxler might be coming over to Liverpool. 
you know, obviously they need to free up, as I said before, they need to free up their wage bill. How good could this be? I think Drax is somebody who's really found his feet at PSG after kind of being a little bit, you know, it took him a little bit to get into it. Uh, Is this guy somebody you'd be interested in? Oh, definitely. But, you know, I just just feel like we're going to struggle to lure someone of Draxler's kind of um, value to Liverpool. But if you get rid of Coutinho, then isn't that, doesn't that give you the money to be able to go out and buy somebody like that? uh, You also got to try and convince the player that Liverpool's the best place for him. He's probably thinking at the moment. Um, Like, unfortunately for us, we... We're not in that top, top bracket at the moment. And selling players like Coutinho doesn't help trying to lure someone like Draxler across. If we if we could land someone like Draxler, that'd be huge. That'd be massive for our club. But um, I'm, I'm very reluctant to get any sort of hope build up over this because we've been linked with big names before. We've yeah, been linked yeah. with big names in this transfer window and uh, I feel literally that nothing's happened since um, Salah and Solanke. Well, that's exactly it. And, and Robertson, sorry. I guess you know you do need, do need to stay a bit more reserved, as like you know, as any fan will say, especially when they start to get, uh, you know, having like even title to hopes, and they're starting to push up for that, and you're kind of like just ease up. Let's let's just keep it yeah, week by just keep the momentum. Yeah, going. let's just keep it week by week kind of thing. And you do as well with your transfers. Um, quickly, I just wanted to move on before we um go off to that. I heard recently that Spurs put in a bid for Martial, which is a really interesting one. Twenty five million, uh, which is. Let's Love be honest. Him. It's, it's pretty... actually in for our for our Facebook finest segment. It is actually coming up. So just, okay, just hold I'll, on. I'll e- leave that one go. I'll ease up on that. And also the other one that I want to bring up was Sanchez from Ajax. Um, really, really promising centre back. I looked at his highlights. Amazingly, his highlights look great. Um, oh, <laughs> so you mean his highlights look good? <laughs> but he's uh, they. Well, I didn't have any other videos of him. But like, you know, another big centre back. He seems like um. Somebody who could fit into the side pretty well. It looks like it's not a done deal, but it looks pretty confident. There's no other team really looking at him. And it looks like it could be about 30, 35 billion. I think that's a pretty good like um, signing, considering that we could go to the three at the back system. And yeah, I well, think- he, he seems like the kind of player that can play at the back, which is, you know, what is going to suit you as well. And for a team that, cha- like, I find you guys change your formation and a lot, and that's, that's someone that can kind of feel a couple more roles it will suit you guys better definitely I think that um that's something Spurs have over a lot of teams that they can switch formations and they can like change it up when necessary or when things aren't going their way um the last one was uh last couple sorry was uh Marco Asensio which was um so... tell me more Nick okay so somebody a player fantastic player Marco first first of all I've heard very good things a lot of people saying he might be future Ballon d'Or winner Big, big claim to make. That's huge, yeah. Um, yeah. He was kind of linked to um, Arsenal. Arsenal showed interest. Apparently, Wenger are willing to pay their $80 million, his $80 million buyout clause. Uh, he's called an emergency meeting with Real Madrid. He doesn't want to leave, but what is happening is apparently that he is basically using this as leverage to raise his wages. Uh, what do you think of this? Like, do you think that that is that just, would you just call that smart? It's just cheeky. Yeah, I mean, it's it just, really is. It's just cheeky. Imagine if uh, Mushu just goes, all right, mate, you can go. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I've got to put up with Arsenal now. Yeah. Like, but that's like, Ask Ozil how that went. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Ask Sanchez. <laughs> but that's exactly like, it's a it's a very cheeky move on that, on, you know, Sensio's part. He's very good players. So I don't, there's no way they want to let him go. Like, he's another player who yeah. is a future of the yeah. club. Uh, lastly, before we move off the transfers, I just want to touch on Costa. Yeah, as we were saying before, he's um he's over in Brazil right now. Uh, Conta, they're starting to find him, like weekly, you know, 150 fouls, 300 fouls, I've heard. Yeah, he's basically over in Brazil right now, just kind of having... Being fat. Yeah, being, getting a bit fat, and they're, they're worried about his fitness because 
the whole thing is they want him to go to Atletico. Atletico obviously can't buy until January 1st of next season, next year. Um, they don't want his value to drop because if he comes in, he's a fat slob. Obviously, he's not going to be worth anything to anyone. Yeah, exactly right. And, and, and starting to, as I said before, the shift in how the, the player has more control in the club, it's really starting to take shape because, you know, he's, he's obliged to follow the club's rules and he's required to be back at training at so-and-so date. For him not doing that, obviously, the max they can find him is two weeks' wage. Did you know that? Yeah, no, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, but... so for a couple of hundred, like, I know it's crazy, but for, you know, two, three hundred thousand pounds, he'd just stay there. But unfortunately, for yeah, him, it's he's... A... Uh, this it's, is it's, 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 this is probably the messiest one out of yes. all this year. Yeah, it's very very ugly. I feel um, like uh, Diego Costa is probably not one to be able to have a sit down and have a you know a, a conversation with and, and sort it out, gentleman like. Exactly. Like this is just going to turn more dirty before it gets better. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, what we'll do is um, we're going to move on to our favorite segment of the week. I think that um, everybody enjoys this one. Um, I know you enjoy it, especially you. You've got a lot for us. I think I've only got one, so I think I used a couple of my others beforehand. Just yes, throughout yes, the show. you did. So um, we're going to go to Facebook's finest. Um, this is the time of the week that we appreciate all the best keyboard warriors, the best comments on every kind of social media. Even though we call it Facebook's finest, Mickey, you've got most of them. I'm going to let you take the new ball. Yeah, sweet. So I've, I've been, you know, we've say like we didn't use any last <laughs> week. You know, we, we've been a bit of out of touch with Facebook finest. Yes. Um, well, luckily for you guys, we are back and we're back with a bang. <laughs> and it literally, the internet never ceases to amazes me. Sometimes, some of the comments from people that are right, and sometimes I just think, surely someone's hacked your computer. You cannot actually be saying that. <laughs> um, I'd like to bring this first one up, and I'll bring up the first one because Nick did touch base on uh, Anthony Martial's bid. From Tottenham Hotspur was a, a mere twenty-five million pounds. Which <laughs> let me remind you that uh, United actually paid thirty-six two years ago, and a player that I thought has probably developed over the years is probably worth a bit more than considering the market twenty million or something, or 10, 15 million less that they were offered. And uh, this is from Doc Mufc, and he says Spurs bidding twenty-five mil for Martial. The fuck do they think they're going to get with that? For that, a signed DVD of his debut goal, <laughs> which was, let me tell you, was an absolute cracker. <laughs> That's so like it's it's just a pretty comical bit, isn't it? Like I don't know. I feel like they're just taking the piss. They're just like, eh, like let's just let's see what happens. <laughs> now, Nick, uh, I've I've noticed a um a, a trend with Beskis, the Turkish team at the moment, with all their players signings. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't. Here we go. So so basically, let me run it down for you, the people who haven't. seen Seen it is one of the silliest, and I, I can't believe the players are actually agreeing to this. So each signing, so they first they signed Pepe, yeah, and um, it's a it's a picture of a player Quesma. He yep. films and he's talking, so he talks into the to the phone and, and he says Pepe, come to Beskis, and yep. then next minute there's a photo of Beskis. I mean Pepe on the phone and he's like. Quesma, I'm coming to Beskis, and it turns into like this cartoon thing. It's it's very hard to explain. But it's uh, I kind of lost it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's a, to anyone who's seen it. Oh but my god, you've actually done that again. You've tried to explain a, a picture, a, a video, on the podcast. Okay, yeah. but I, I'm just going off the fact that most people have seen these videos no. because they've been crawling all over the internet. Have you got any more for us? Uh, yeah, I've got plenty more. I'll probably move that one. But it was basically a video of Conte saying on the phone saying, "I'm coming to Bessius. <laughs> okay. 
I wish. <laughs> okay, go I, on. I uh, wish this was like a televised kind of one. Go on. I showed you. Move it on. Anyway, so basically, this one is. <laughs> um, I looked up a photo of Fernando Torres during the weekend. It just goes on the fact that, you know, as much as he, he dogged Liverpool the dog, but it, it's basically pretty much just saying that no matter what he's done, the, or the exact caption is, whatever, whatever club you support, you cannot hate this man. Yep. Which is a photo of Torres and a couple of his previous jerseys. One's a Chelsea one, one's a man, uh, AC Milan shirt. Yep. And a comment from Sue Jackson, which he... Why the photo looks like a middle-aged lady, probably late 50s, early 60s. (laughs) Yep. Um, Probably someone that you wouldn't associate with being able to use Twitter or anything very well. Um, I know my mum's probably around that age and she can't use it very well, so I just assume everyone has that same skill ability. Her comment is, what if he raped and killed your whole family? (laughs) (laughs) But it is hard not to love him, Yeah, Nick, I don't know how... We got from there yeah, to there. Yeah, we got from there to there. But, you know, that was, that was pretty intense. Um, I'd like to bring you... <laughs> Come on. Uh, Come on. A, a I know you're excited. Of, uh, it's a photo of Neymar and his new jumper. Yep. And it, it says that Neymar says that he chose PG, PSG for love, not money. Yep. Come on, mate. You earn £500,000 a week. <laughs> You've left the best club in the world and gone to a team that you won't even have a competition to until you start the Champions League group stage. You surely have not left to left your club for 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 love. Well, let's, let's make it. He did it. Uh, one assist, one goal on his first game. Also, a few key passes was actually probably their best player. So, it was a good yeah. start to the season. Um, <laughs> oh, this is another one that's maybe funny, and it, it, we're staying on the neighbour sh- subject for this one. Okay. Uh, so someone's commented, if Neymar dropped a two-pound coin, it literally wouldn't be worth his time picking it up because France use euros, not pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I don't mind that one, actually. <laughs> oh, God. Have you got any more or that's it? Um, I think I do have one more. Oh, go on. Give me that. Uh, no, I don't. All right, so I got one. It's not really... It's not really a, um, a too funny, but I just thought it was interesting to bring up at one stage, and it was you know about the whole Danny Rose thing about he, how he's saying that you know not getting paid enough and all that. So what do you, what an article came out and said that Mickey, there are only eleven clubs in the world that could pay better for it than Spurs. If Danny Rose wants more money, then his options are logically restricted to Man United, Barcelona, Man City, Real Madrid, Chelsea, PSG, Bayern, Juventus, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Roma. It just it shows that like you know this is a guy who feels like he's not getting paid enough. And how many teams in that would he actually get into? He'd get into Roma's and Liverpool's, maybe Arsenal's. Yeah, at left back. Yeah, like, so maybe possible, like and just like and he's not going to go to Arsenal. He won't go to Roma, Liverpool. I don't think really are too interested in him, especially to pay what he's worth. It just makes a lot. It's very odd. And okay, here we go. You got one more for me, don't you? <laughs> All right, finish with this. <sighs> yep. I feel like this is too uh, rated for. No, 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 no such thing. There's no rating on this. Okay, so Charlotte Cosby. Uh, if you don't know who she's from, Geordie Shaw. Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Shearer is a wanker. He wears wanker's hat and he plays for Scum United. What a twat. Okay. And now, someone has probably got a bit upset that she said this. Yep. 
and someone said, shut, she could hit the ball at your fanny and not even touch the sides. You <laughs> tramp, and slag. <laughs> oh, why would you, why would you do that by Charlotte? Like, she's asking to get hit, like, absolutely abused. Though. I know, I know, I know. And don't, don't ever bag Alan Shearer, I've found out. Um, he's probably one of the most loved men, definitely in Newcastle, he's uh, a superstar, and there's some boundaries that you don't touch, and that's one of them. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll move on to our predictions for week two. Um, we got that. Then we'll make our big calls for the whole week, and then we'll get out of here. We there's a lot of good games here. Um, you know, the only like in terms of last week, I think I got about five or so correct in terms and one exact scoreline, including the two assists, which I was very happy with. With Spurs, uh, we should probably make a game of this actually. It, w- it would make an interesting. Well, kind of for the set. We'll, we'll go back onto our last. We'll go back onto our last episode and um, work out who work who out who got the most. Yeah, but um, okay. So we'll start off and uh, we'll go Swansea United. Uh, yeah, scoreline of course might mean might be the difference. Yeah, uh, United will win three uh, 0 Three 0 win. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go United three one. Who's gonna score for Swansea? I don't know. I just, I just think at home they're like I don't know. Actually, they didn't score last week, so I don't know why they'd score against United. But they're at home. That's the only thing I'm gonna go off. And I think they might. Yeah, they might push a bit harder. Yep. Uh, Bournemouth and Watford's the next one. Um, it's a good game. It is a good game. I'm leaning towards Bournemouth, but they're playing at home, and I'm hopefully they can give Watford a little touch up for getting a point off us last week. How much? What score? Two one. Two one. I'm gonna go one all draw. I think this is a pretty even game, so I'm going to go for a pretty even result. We'll move on to Burnley, West Brom. Um, this is another one I could go. There's a lot of good games this week. Yeah, I, I think this would probably be a one-one draw between West Brom and Burnley. They're both they're both on the winners list after week one, and I think they'll both be up and about. Um, Burnley have pleasantly surprised uh, surprised me after last week. So, uh, yeah, but I, I can't say who's winning this one. So I'm going to go one all. I'm going to go. I'm going to go West Brom to win. Actually, I'm going to go Burnley to win. I'm going to okay. go Burnley okay. to win 2-0. I just think that I, West Brom were very lucky to get their goal last week. It was They were they had nothing of it. And I think that at home, Burnley last season were very tough to beat. So I'm going to go off that. I'm hoping that form continues. I, you know, I probably won't, considering they, they were horrible away from home. They beat Chelsea. So yeah. it changes. New season brings new challenges. That's exactly right. And we'll move on to Leicester. Brighton... Uh, Brighton aren't really catching too much of a break with their uh, their opening few fixtures. No, definitely not. And I feel like this is a game where Ian Archer will probably have a bit of an impact. Yep. Um, I, th- I can see Vardy scoring. I can see Okazaki even scoring. So uh, probably less than 3-1 to Brighton. I'm yep. not sure who will sco- score for them. I don't know too much about the squad. It's, it's definitely a squad that I need to be more in touch with. But I think that's going to be the score. Yeah, it's a it's a very tough one to um like where the goal is going to come from for Brighton. I won the score. I don't think it's going to be this game. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be two or three nil. I'll go three nil. Yeah. And um, I reckon Jamie Vardy's going to have a real party this game. Yeah, I, just, I think he is too. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to see uh, them playing against a team that's who's going to be on the defensive instead of the attack. Yeah, we we like in previous seasons we've all found out how devastating Leicester can be on the counter. Um, this is a team that they're probably not going to counter much against. So. You know that keep that in mind when the, that game's on this weekend. Uh, Liverpool and Palace. I'm very ho- much hoping that Liverpool give them the touch up that they should after a, a draw in the manner that they had last week. Oh, I'm saying three nil again for a Palace result. Um, um, I think all the, all the news: uh, Firmino, Mane, and 
Salah will score just to spread it, spread yeah, the love yeah. out. Don't you love it? Um, yeah, I'm. It's going to be a Liverpool win, isn't it? Uh, you I hope think so. Palace might get a couple of goals actually out of it. I think it's going to be something like four two. I think there's going to be a lot of goals. I think defence is something that both teams are very weak the, in. Yeah, it's, it's very rich for me to say that we're going to have a clean shed at all this year. So. <laughs> no, that's all like, but you know, they might change some things up. I think Ben Teke might be a bit of a force to like, a bit bit to deal with. You know, up in the air. Yeah, I'm going to go four two. Um, moving on to Southampton West Ham. This, you know, again another tough game. There's a lot of tough games this week. Yeah, um, it is a tough game, but I'm going to go off what I've been, you know. I want to stick to my guns, what I've said at the start of the year, and I said West Ham will be a team to be reckoned with. So yes. uh, 2-1 to West Ham, I, I think that they're going to get the win. I don't think it's going to be as easy as what people think. I don't think anyone's actually going to think it's easy. But, yeah, I, I think they're hopefully going to get the result. And I'm, yeah, sticking to what I, I'm sticking to what I predicted at the start of the year, and I haven't given up on the old hammers. Nah, of course. Yeah, it's too early to give up on them now. Um, but neither team scored yet, so it's, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so hopefully it doesn't... Yeah, like I'd, I'd hate for a normal draw. I'm going to go the opposite. I've actually, I'm going to go another draw. Actually, I'm going to go another one-one. I think that okay. I think both teams will score here. I yeah, I just don't know who's got the real. I don't think West Ham's got the firepower that everybody thinks, and I think Southampton at home is going to push him over to get that one goal. Yep. Okay. And uh, we're moving on to Stoke and Arsenal. Um, this is going to be a tricky game for the Gunners. Um, I feel like Stoke have got a solid defense. Well, well. They just they just seem like a solid team. So breaking the defense is probably going to be harder than I think Leicester. Um, I think it's probably going to be it could be as low as a one one draw. It could be zero zero draw. I haven't. I'll go one one draw. One one draw. Yeah. Really? I think, they're, the... going to, I think they're going to drop points this week. Yeah. Um... Arsenal always struggle against Stoke, actually. Um, they historically have, even though probably the last year they've kind of picked up a bit more, especially over in Stoke. They kind of, they're kind of one of one of the teams that kind of coined the phrase, the cold night, cold windy night in Stoke or whatever. So I could see it going that way. First game at Stoke is a very good one. They've got a great support base, Stoke. Um, Arsenal do look good, but I'm going to go with an Arsenal win. I'm going to go 2-0. All right. Um, moving on to a game that's probably going to have a lot of eyes on it. Which you probably would have thought after you know when you saw this at the start of the season, it's Huddersfield Newcastle. Um, such an interesting game for so many reasons. Um, one, it's basically to see if Huddersfield can continue that amazing form that they've started with this season, and it's two to see if Newcastle have any fight in them at all. Um, you know they've they've had a disappointing first week, but you know there's still a whole season to go. Um, this is you feel like for them, this is the game they need to be winning if they're going to seriously consider staying up this season. It's early days, but it is, it is, early it is days, a big but this game. This is a game that, that you feel like they need a win to get off on a, on a positive note still. Um, you couldn't see them beating Tottenham. So, you know, if they come away from the two games knowing that they've played Tottenham Huddersfield with three points in the bag, I think they would have taken it. Yep. For Huddersfield, they could find themselves six points in clear. Yeah. That is a fantastic... Like, they, I don't, some people would have thought, thought, probably thought they'd have six points for the whole year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 Newcastle. I'm going to say 2-1 Huddlesfield. I just think the the home ground, I'm I'm backing in my boy Aaron Moy to pick up another assist. I think that the um they were really impressive. They were like they were very very impressive. Mooney was really really good even though the goals weren't amazing, but you got to finish oh, it. Oh, I thought the the cross between was very Well, good. yeah, it was good. Like it was very well done, but it wasn't like, you know, you're not going to write yeah. home about it, but it's something that's it's just standard. It's fundamental football that they did really really well. And I think that Newcastle might struggle. I know Rafa's style at the moment is very a bit negative, and I know I know that might be you know that's his way of trying to 
uh, get points out of games that they shouldn't. So it'd be interesting to see if they maintain that style against a team like Huddlesfield as opposed to a team like Spurs. But yeah, I'm yeah, we'll go go for a two-one Huddlesfield. We'll move on to probably the, definitely the two yeah, biggest game games. Of the week. Oh, yeah. the, well, the two biggest games of the week. This one's definitely the game of the week. Uh, Spurs Chelsea. This is huge. Um, Chelsea depleted. I just this is one of those games in like you know, uh, it's just seems like my every team I go for the games that they should win they don't win. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it seems like th- this could actually backfire on Spurs. And we might take this game a bit easier. Uh, I'd like to hear your prediction first, but um, I think it's going to be a one-one draw. Yep, I think Chelsea depleted, and I think Tottenham playing at Wembley. I still haven't. I'm not convinced by him yet, yep. and that's why I'm going with the draw. I think Morata will score. I think Kane will score. I think he'll break the duck. I think he'll break the August duck anyway. Yeah, and um, I feel that there's so there's a lot of negative points. There's a lot more reasons why they the team might lose than the reasons why the team might win. Yeah, and that's why I think they're going to draw. Uh, I'm going to go for. Um, I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to go for another two 0 win. I think that. The depleted um, defense is gonna have no Cahill in there. I I really don't rate David Luiz still. Um, yeah, Fabregas kind of another player who isn't like usually you know sometimes on the bench, but with the team that they've got now, had to you know has to um, start. Won't be playing again. No Hazard, no Costa. Be interesting to see if Bakayoko comes in. I'd, I'd love to see him play, but I kind of hope he has another week off. <laughs> it'd, yeah, be, it'd be great yeah. for Spurs way. Um, another assist to Ericsson. I won't say two. I'll say one penalty. Um, for whatever reason, I think Harry Kane will get his first goal via penalty. Um, yeah, and we'll move on to the last game. Um, another huge game, actually. City versus Everton. Yeah, this is definitely a big game. Um, this is going to be a real test for Michael Keane and Jordan Pickford if they're playing. I, I assume they are. This is where this is where the big boys play, really, isn't it? Yeah. This is, this is going to be the team to beat. Um, I still think City will win, but I think they're going to win 2-0. I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna have to stick. You know, as you do, as you stuck to your guns with West Ham, I'm gonna have to stick to my guns with Everton. Yeah, they were very. The thing, the only thing that I really noticed with the um the Stoke game was that there weren't really any chances that Stoke created, which showed a good, you know, a really nice defense in Everton. Like, who knows? This Sigerson deal could go through tomorrow, and they could have him playing on the weekend. Which yeah. is the beaut- is kind of the it's just the mystery of football in this kind of transfer window time. I'm going to go with... I've already done a couple 1-1 draws, so I don't really want to do that again. But um, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. Okay. I, I think there's going to be a few goals scored. I think that City are very, very difficult to go um, to match attacking-wise. But I think that Everton actually might be able to get them on the break. And I, I still, I'm still i still not 100% on their defense. I think their centre-backs are something that are very iffy. And I think that there's, there's a lot of teams with better centre-backs than them. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, well, we're going to move on to now to probably a segment that we'll, we'll start bringing in now that we've you know we've started Premier League games this year, um, and, it, and it's just basically what what we've, we've picked up over the over the week or over the season and 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 put them into kind of dot points and the alarming things or the the positives that are coming to this week. Um, I've got a couple this week and he's got a couple. And I'm going to start. Uh, it's pretty much what we've learnt and. For me, the, the three points that I've got this week is number one that I don't know why Liverpool haven't fixed their defence yet. Um, it was such an obvious, obvious um, fault that we've had last year. Um, it's been one of the main talking points for a long time and I find ourselves still literally in the same spot with another transfer window almost gone. Um, still f- scratching our heads wondering why we haven't, we haven't solved that issue. And that's going to be 
it's going to kind of go into my next one. Um, and Liverpool include this one. This is my second point that there is no chance of Arsenal playing in making the top four if they played what they did on Saturday. Yes, uh, Friday, sorry. Yes, they got the win. Yes, um, they scored four goals, but their defence looked as bad as Liverpool's. And I think on, on, that, on those notes that both these teams will not make top four. Wow. And big that's cool. a big call. That's that's my own team that I'm saying that. Um, if if we don't if we don't buy defenders or goalkeepers in this window, we will not finish top four. I promise you that. Um, my f- last and final point is that I believe that Chelsea are almost a club that's in tatters. Um, on yep. and off on and off the field, but obviously this is only round one. But um, Diego Costa squad depth injuries. There is a club that is literally falling apart in front of them. And I wonder what the relationship between the players and Conte is turning into. Um, Don't forget, not that long ago, it was the players turn against Marino. And now we find ourselves, and that was the year after he won the title as well. I wonder if the Chelsea players have a bigger part in this club than maybe everyone thinks. Yeah, big chance. Like, yeah. like you know, what I mean, like this. If 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 we find ourselves in the middle of the year looking at Conte and and looking at them having a poor season, it'll be interesting to see how Hazard plays, how these guys play, and all of a sudden Chelsea find themselves out of out of contention for Champions League football and they're having a poor season again. You know, probably you didn't think anyone at Chelsea were willing to sack Mourinho at one stage of his career. He was a special one, remember? Yeah. Um, and found himself, um, you know completely shunned out by the players and the club and all that stuff, could Conte be under the same fate? Um, and he, and if that's the case, then maybe Marino wasn't so much to blame as everyone thought. Nico, you got anything to add? Yeah, uh, okay, I've got a few calls to make. Just uh, I'll do my standard. I'll do three every week, I think. Uh, first one is, um, the first thing I learnt was that negative football is a very hard thing to pull off. You see teams like... I look at a team like Newcastle, who uh, I, had to, I had to sit through that first half, which was you know pain, which was painful, which is painful to do. It is very hard. Ninety to, minutes is a long time. Yeah, it is hard to sustain, especially you know it's it only takes one lapse in concentration before a good team will put you like will punish you, score a goal, and then you have to reevaluate your whole system. And yeah, a exactly. lot of teams can't actually make that adjustment from completely defensive minded to attacking. I think that um it can come off, and I do see you know some teams pulling it up. I think Swansea definitely you know sitting back would be very happy with their one point, but I think throughout it is probably the hardest kind of style to actually pull off on a week to week basis, and it's gonna be interesting to see teams like you know Newcastle maybe, and even the lower teams like Brighton who might actually try to do that throughout the season against the other uh, higher ups. Um, the next one is that I, I've harped on about this a couple of times, but midfield is going to be the key thing here this season in terms of getting the ball forward. Matic and all those yeah, like these players. these players that like and these good teams and you know Man United were the were the perfect ones with Pogba and Matic trying to get this getting this ball up forward. It's just something that's so critical and like we all we already know the defence is such an important thing and defence will is you know for teams like Liverpool and Arsenal might be the difference between them making top four or sitting outside. Um and yeah it's gonna be the difference to me between teams finishing fourth and finishing first. I think that midfield core and the supply that you can give to your strikers and your centre forwards is going to be the reason why teams are going to win the league this season. And my final point, which is a blatantly obvious, like not obvious one, but I think it's very, it's a very simple one. Lukaku, if stays fit, is guaranteed to win the golden boot. The supply that this guy gets 
is going to be incredible. He already looks like an absolute beast. He could have scored a hat trick on the weekend uh, against a, you know, I would call a pretty good side, West Ham. Yep. Uh, yep. This, you know, they've got Swansea this week. I really, it's kind of like pray for Swansea with the, with the midfield and the tack that these guys have. You know, barring injuries, and I know you're saying the players like, you know, Rashford and that are going to have to play around them, which is very, you know, which is a very, um, it's going to be hard for them to do, but, you know, these, you know, Marina is very high on these players. Martial, somebody who's fallen off the edge and is kind of, uh, found a way to you know come on it for like twenty minute spurts and that which once the season starts really going and there might be injuries he's gonna be the first player who probably gets called in which is really good um you know this Man United core is something to behold at the moment with a full strength team but it, if Lukaku stays fit and plays every game there is no possible player I think including Harry Kane including Lacazette that will po- get even close to him. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. That's, that's a big goal. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Total 90 Premier League podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. My second wife, Mickey Kenny, is going to take us out. Take us out, Mickey. Well, another big week as always. Um, just friendly reminder that we are on Tuesdays now after the weekend's action. We've moved on from the, the Friday show, so keep that in mind, guys, and thanks for listening. Bye. Too easy, boys.